0: to see what their work ethic is like. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some people that are bums outside the gym. (laughs) That's true. And they they put in the work inside the gym and then you (laughs) kind of see like uh, they can't uh, figure out how to scrape two nickels together outside the gym. But uh, for the most part, if you see somebody, you know, showing up on time and they're real eager to train, they want to learn, they want to find out more about how they can get better. And they figure out ways of getting better by learning from me and learning from the other people in the group. like that's probably somebody that would be pretty good to work here
1: yeah yeah i i never understood you know confining that gym mentality to the gym you know the idea of progression incremental growth of challenging yourself and then they leave the gym and it's all gone you know it's just like do whatever
0: progressive Um, progressive overload
1: progressive overload progressively
0: learning progressively adding it's uh from one week to the next you're like i'm just gonna add more things in Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do more i'm gonna do an extra rep yeah i'm gonna do an extra set i'm gonna add extra weight extra resistance Mm
2: -hmm.
0: resistance it's like resistance could be anything Mm -hmm. the resistance to get out of out of bed on time you know you can add resistance uh to any any part of your life whether it's your diet whether it's studying for school Mm -hmm. um i think You know, something like ADHD, you know, it gets to be, like, a hard thing to, like, comprehend um, unless somebody's had it. Like, I've actually never been even diagnosed uh, with anything like that. I did have, like, learning disabilities, but, like, where I grew up and when I grew up, uh, they just said, you're retarded, you know, and so you're going in these classes with these other kids that are lighting the desk on fire and drooling and shitting themselves and whatever else (laughs) was going on. And so that's, you know, that was my, you know, like, school experience. but for nowadays you know there's kids they'll label and they'll say they have adhd and one of the things that happens to a lot of kids i mean some people are more severe than others yeah um and any sort of issue mentally is a weird thing to get into it gets to be like controversial you know because yeah because hard hard for me to comprehend if you come in every day like i got a headache i don't want to train on be like what a pussy Mm -hmm. but maybe you really maybe your head actually fucking hurts yeah But I can't like empathize with it. But when it comes to ADHD, some people I've talked to that have had it, they they can concentrate and focus on a lot of the things that they like to do, Mm -hmm. but they can't concentrate or focus on a lot of the things they don't like to do.
3: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, well, that actually just seems like you're a normal person.
1: Yeah. Of (laughs) course. Of course. I feel
0: that way. Like I, I don't want to concentrate or do anything that I don't want to do. The stuff that I want to do, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm about it. I'll do whatever I.
1: Optimal human beings. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they have it all figured out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, cuz you just discard stuff that you don't feel like fucking looking at or doing, right?
1: Life's short. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that.
0: Do you uh read a lot?
1: I don't read as much as I used to, but reading was um it was a big part of like a growth and development phase for me. So I mean, everything I was reading was kind of your typical personal development type literature, but I love reading. I yeah. See my philosophy with reading has always been if somebody can pack their life's experience into a book. If you're getting 50 years of trial and error in a book and you keep reading these books, you're shaving off so much, you know, so many iterations of failure that you would have had to go through otherwise. So I think that it's a smart position to start from when you're doing something. But then I also think you can get too into it and you start to overthink things and you read. It's, it's like information overload and you read too many things and then you just get paralyzed by indecision. So I try to chill on that a little bit now. Or actually, that's my that's my advanced excuse for
2: not reading. <laughs> what about audiobooks though? Because mm. you guys travel a shit ton, so mm-hmm. I would imagine there's plenty of like car time and stuff.
1: I I do like audiobooks. Yeah. I especially like when you're trying to get through a bunch of books and you just put that thing up to like 1.5x and you just start burning through books.
2: I'm not smart enough to do one and a half. I can only do 1.25. <laughs> yeah, I can't do one and a half. Yeah, they start uh, sounding like chipmunks after a while, right? Yeah, that's true. By the time I process like, what, what they said, they're already like on the next chapter. You're
0: like, what am I even <laughs> listening to <laughs> yeah. at this point? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I found that to be true, though, as well. You know, uh, analysis paralysis, right? Like yeah. you, you start to, that's happened to me in my own lifting career. Mm, mm-hmm. What should I do next? Hmm, that's not really right because that doesn't match up well with what I did on the previous set. It doesn't match up with what I did yesterday you know it turns you into a big pussy basically
3: yeah well yeah
0: you're like man I'm, I'm being like i'm applying you know uh too much intellectual thought into something that just needs to be savage in the first place and i might as well just chalk up and go and not worry about it too much yes. i mean you know within some parameters of like being safe and being smart um you don't want to overdo it but at the same time the only way to get some of the results sometimes is to have it be overdone
1: there's a balance to that, I think. There's definitely a balance you have to have. There's some people that I think work hard, and if they had applied a bit more intelligence and planning to what they're mm. doing, a bit more game plan, they would save themselves so much hard work. Yeah. But then you have those guys that plan meticulously and don't want to do anything. Um, and that's, that's an issue too. So
0: Efficiency is important. You know, in everything yes. that you do and trying to figure out how do I get more out of this. Uh, converting over to like some of the bodybuilding training I've been doing lately, I'm like, oh my God, that workout just took like 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's weird. My <laughs> powerlifting workouts, they always take like three hours. And they, they shouldn't have. I mean, uh, it's the nature of training in a group sometimes and investing sure. your time in others and investing your time in, uh, you know, what I thought it took to be a powerlifter, which is having, you know, these larger rest intervals and stuff. But, you know, through what I'm doing now, it's like, just keep moving, don't get stuck. Mm-hmm. And I try to do that. In as many spots as I can. But at the same time, uh, I like to relax. And I like to just mm-hmm. chat. You know, you saw yeah. today, like, you know, you came in. We got some lifting done. And then it was like, it, it, there was stuff that I was doing. I didn't have to do any of that. We could have cut right in here and podcasted. But I ended up getting, like, in a meeting. And ended up, you know, meeting some new people mm-hmm. that came into the store. And, like, mm-hmm. all these things. hard to balance all that stuff out.
1: Yeah. It it is, and I mean that that sort of breakneck pace works when you're moving towards a goal single-mindedly, but as a general lifestyle for the rest of your life, like that, that doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what I'm always looking at too. I'm like, what about tomorrow? Yeah, you know, like, uh, so somebody asked me yesterday, they're like, should I become, should I get wake up a lot earlier and do fasted cardio, like, because they're talking about like some of the stuff I'm doing. Yeah. And I said, no, because, uh, you're not doing what I'm doing. Like I'm only doing what I'm doing for several weeks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this is about the long haul and should you implement some cardiovascular training? Sure. That'll probably help, could help you lose some weight, especially if you've never utilized it before. Uh, it could help your overall health. could be something beneficial to try for a little while. And if it doesn't work, you kick it out. But, uh, there's no reason to there's no reason to start out with it being so difficult when yeah. you're just kind of starting a journey. You know, people tend to, they want to add too much to their plate. And it's like, let's just take this one thing at a time. Like for me, you know, my Achilles heel is stretching. Like I hate stretching. Yeah, yeah. And so if someone said, Hey, don't stretch before your workouts. Well then now I'm just not going to stretch at all. Yeah. you know, And it might not be the most ideal place. But again, I think you don't want to hamper the enthusiasm that someone might have.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You just kind of let it, you let it ride. You're like, go ahead, you know, do, do it that way so that you can do it again tomorrow. How do we, how do we get through these workouts and through some of these things so we can continuously do it?
1: Yeah. What's sustainable. Right. Yeah.
0: That's with your food, with your training and and for you, um, being an actor and trying to work your way up the ladder, that's got to be extremely stressful along with trying to keep the diet intact and along trying to keep the training going. How, Mm -hmm. How are you able to, able to do all these different things at one time?
1: it's a breeze no uh <laughs> no so Piece i mean, of cake no it, it's definitely a challenge and i mean what what works for me is for one having my priorities set out beforehand so i definitely
0: don't like to Priority number one your hands. girlfriend okay go ahead uh,
1: <laughs> priority number one points um so i mean yeah it's having those priorities set out beforehand and knowing exactly what i'm working towards but these things are in limbo and they're shifting around. Sometimes fitness is more of a priority. Sometimes I step away from it. Work is more of a priority. You know, I have my times when I need to connect with my family more. So I think without having a long-term picture of where you're going and of, you know, sort of what matters to you, what your goals are, and then thinking about just your life in general, like what, what sort of human being do you want to be? You know, because there are people that are, they devote everything to work. Right. and they I think they completely lack in other aspects of their life, and then just you
3: like we
0: talked the about with a gym rat, right, so you yeah, know, sometimes exactly. the guy's like put in all this effort, he looks great, everything's you know he's strong, and he's got all these different things, and then you like, he just has no life outside of it, and you're like, yeah,, well, what's that about
1: yeah why why would you do that because you're you're basically cutting yourself short of so much of what life has to offer, but for me I, I also like the whole like Arnold mentality of adding things onto your life and, you know, through those progressive overload principles and, and concepts of like hypertrophy and growth, you do become acclimated to pressure. You can suddenly take on more, you know, you are able to focus in more zone in, get more things done. You figure out what works for you. So I like, I like starting with doing too much. I think it's better to do too much in the beginning. Mm. And then you figure out what your spots are, what your areas are, what you want to focus on. And that's when you can really
0: narrow in. You can trim the fat later on. Exactly. Cut, exactly. Cut back. It's a bulk. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, one thing that sometimes I leave absent from this podcast because we just sit here and just start rapping with people um, is like, how how do you how do you make how do you personally make money right?
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: then in addition to that, how are you having something sustainable while going towards your goal? before you were able to make some money
1: interesting um
0: no one really ever talks about like just yeah. flat out making money and sometimes i'll have someone on the show and i'll forget to ask him like they the guy's got some great lifts and does some cool things and it's like well wait a second you know how's this person like affording uh to even have this uh mm-hmm. lifestyle of uh not having a nine to five or not you yeah. know having a typical job or whatever it might be
1: yeah that's that's an interesting question. I think that's that's one of like the biggest hindrances for a lot of people towards going towards this stuff. You know it's like, am I going to be broke? Am I going to be living in my car? Stuff I was thinking about for sure. So I'll take it back to when I wasn't acting, when I was doing economics in college. How old are you now? twenty three. Okay. So I was doing economics in college, um, studying that, and it was basically providing me a pretty clear path forward. Every summer, I would internship in a potential field that I thought. I could see myself working in in the future. So accounting, consulting, areas like that. I would do that, save the money. That would usually take me through a good chunk of the school year and then I would work on campus jobs. So when I decided to go for acting, it it wasn't the most intelligent plan, but it worked for me at the time and it's not something I would recommend to anyone else, but it was completely cutting off anything else and going towards this thing single-mindedly. And it was pretty much, one year of obsessive work, so let's see. this was about junior which, year of college, which, which
0: isn't really that long i mean it is no. a long it is a long time, like when you're doing it, but a yeah. year a year to get a uh we will talk about it in a minute, but a year to get like a a pretty good solid gig yeah uh isn't that long a time?
1: no, yeah, and that was pretty much the goal was so I had no acting experience, I had no connections. Um, didn't really know what I was doing in the industry. So I set a goal for myself, and I, I strongly believe in the power of big goals, chunking goals, you know, daily consistent action towards those. So I set a goal that by the end of the year, you know, before I graduate, I want to book uh, a leading role in a major TV show. So that was pretty much the goal right there. And what I did towards that was I then set, from that yearly goal, I set monthly goals, I set weekly goals, daily goals, chunked the thing all the way down to where I was working every single day on this, getting up 4 a.m. There were no weekends. There were no parties. There was you know, pretty much no social life, to be honest. So this is why I don't, I don't recommend that to people because it's not sustainable. And it wasn't sustainable for me then. On top of that, I was vegan. So I was whole foods, plant-based. You're off the team. Vegan. <laughs> I'll out. see you guys. Yeah. Hey, um, that was a
0: decent show, but let's bring it in. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, I'm a recovering vegan. And so I did that, I did that for um that year. And basically by the end of the year, I had booked that Power Rangers gig. But the steps that it took to get there, it was, you know, auditioning, you know, going for everything I could, doing small theater gigs, and then going into pitching to agencies, and then from pitching to agencies, then I was doing commercials, and then I was doing short films, and then I did a feature film, and finally I was able to work my way into that. So for money in that time, I would have done whatever I had to do, but I had my savings from internships, and beyond just that, I had you know on-campus jobs that I was working, so I was doing classes, working, going to LA, doing the audition process, so a lot of things going on at that time
0: you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, waking up early and, uh, Mm -hmm. last time you were here, you and I kind of talked about some of that, you know, um, just trying to make sure you're not burning the candle, you know, from both ends and from the middle, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that gets to be kind of a tricky thing because you want your goals and you're like, okay, well, you know, this is the map. This is the way that I'm going to get these goals. And I have this, uh, this kind of checklist of things that I want to get done every day. And in order to get them done, it, it's gonna be a long day every day, yeah. and every day is gonna be like a, a grind, right? Um, and it gets to be hard to balance it out because then you run into situations where you're not really taking care of yourself. It's not sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. Um, things can start to slip. Your relationship could start to slip. Your, uh, your, your work could even slip because you're just you're just fucking tired. You're just fatigued, yeah. and you're trying to train and you're trying to diet and maybe you're like even in like a caloric deficit. Uh, cause you're trying to be like leaner or whatever it might be, that gets really hard to try to juggle and to try to figure out.
1: I think it's important to be, to be set in the goal that you're trying to move towards, but be flexible in your approach. So if you're burning out and you're about to send yourself to the hospital and you have adrenal fatigue and it's not working for you, I think step away from it and reconsider what approach do I need moving forwards? You know, making micro adjustments, um,
0: Maybe, maybe just recognizing that sleep is part of the pie chart to success, too.
1: Yes,
3: absolutely. Sleep
0: and your food are going to be important. Um, having time to yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like it kind of sucks to block everybody else out for a while, but sometimes you just need an hour or two. Mm-hmm. But, if you again, if we go back to what we talked about in the very beginning, was uh, figuring out, like, longevity. Like, we're yeah. here to play the long game. I'm not mm-hmm. You know, you weren't put on this earth to be the fucking Red Ranger right yeah you're put on earth for much more uh you'll have bigger and better acting gigs than that you'll have bigger and better life successes than just that one thing mm-hmm. um but if you're you know so you, know, you hold everything so tight that that's your uh goal then maybe you are stretching yourself too thin and maybe you don't end mm-hmm. up getting anywhere else
1: yeah that's that's having a bigger perspective on things and having like life goals set out. So if, if I had only set that one goal for myself to get that role and then it happened, well, where do I go from there? You know? Um, and that's, that's where a lot of people fall off and then you get, where are they now? And that right. kind of stuff, which right. I hate that stuff, man. It's like, well, and sometimes,
0: sometimes, <laughs> you know? it, sometimes it's ridiculous though. When somebody says, where are they now? Cause it's like somebody did something so big. Mm-hmm. You're just like, what the fuck else are they going to do? Yeah, you know, like yeah, where's Sylvester Stallone nowadays? It's like who the fuck cares? Like he, he yeah. gets so much, or um, you know, somebody that starred in like a Harry Potter film, or like those you know, that those are those are epic films that mm-hmm. will stand the test of time. They'll be around long enough, and uh, anybody who's able to land something like that, it's a, it's really a, like a magical thing. But um, so how how have you been able to uh, you know, something like the Red Ranger gig? You mentioned you didn't have any acting experience. Mm-hmm you didn't have any connections. So how did something like that come to be?
1: So that was basically, at UC San Diego, the first step I thought I could take was going for theater. Because we had a theater program there. So I started applying to plays. Um, Did plays, and then I did about three plays. And from there, I started applying to short films at the college and at local colleges. Then I started applying for non-union commercials. I started doing those. Um, From there, I put together a package with modeling shoots hit up an agency, and then from the agency, then they started sending me out for bigger gigs. Um, so these are
0: a lot of things that you had to do by yourself. Yes, yeah. And, uh, you, and uh, like, in terms of, uh, you know, like, uh, those things need to look professional, right? So, like, mm-hmm. how, how did you figure out some of that? Just, like, look stuff up on YouTube or... Uh,
1: you mean in terms of acting or, 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 did or what you... steps to take?
0: uh in terms of like your portfolio and your profile and your photo fo- your headshots and stuff mm-hmm. like how how are you able to kind of put some your resume how are you able to put these things together to make them look you know professional or did you just go to somebody that uh that did that you just paid them kind of thing
1: i i networked a lot um i got a lot of people's feedback and advice on that sort of thing i looked a lot of things up lots of research um yeah, I, ju- I just spread myself out in different areas and figured out what I needed to know. Like I I got familiar with my terrain and then I just kept moving forward from there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's uh, sim- simple enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um and then what what's uh what's something from theater that carries over to uh television because you know, my understanding, which is not much, but my understanding of theater is that uh it's like a, a little um uh, like like over overboard, a little overdone. It's a little like extra animated, perhaps. Yeah. Than TV, and I don't even know if that's right. But uh, did did some of that uh, freeness of like really just going for it prepare you for television, or was it something else?
1: Well, in terms of Power Rangers, all of it carried over. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're not we're not doing because um, you method di- acting here.
0: Yeah. The, so the show is, and uh, it, it's for kids. So kids yeah. like to see stuff that's that's big, right? That's overdone.
1: It's it's an action adventure show geared towards like five to 12 year olds. So we definitely went big with it. Um, but what carries over for that? I think one thing is being being adaptable with different circumstances. So I learned this from theater, but also just from public speaking and just being in different situations where, you know, the, that first time I was on set, you know, literally the first day being on set with that big production cameras everywhere, you got the grips and people walking around and. You know, everybody's asking you something. They're micing you up and everything. I hadn't been in that situation before. Um, but it was sort of going in there with a certain, like, this is going to be good. It's going to be fun. And whatever happens, we're just going to go with it. So that flexibility that I got from theater, that I got from public speaking of just you take a deep breath and you go for it. Um, I think that definitely paid off a lot because I could see how people would, would be in that situation and just freeze. Right. And, and then they're like, okay, we're going to come in for your close-up now you remember the two pages of dialogue that, you know, you're supposed to do. So You're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly you don't remember anything.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you get yourself into a, a frame of mind to remember that kind of stuff? Like, how do you uh, rehearse or prepare for that? Are you, uh, you know, just drinking coffee and reading it every day? Or like, is there some sort of ritual that you have to get your mind right for it? Because I'd imagine it's got to be, it's got to be tough.
1: I think um, the most important thing for me is, for one, knowing the lines to the point where they're almost subconscious. You know, so you're actually able to forget about the lines and then look at someone and just talk to them. And, you, you right. know, you kind of know what you're going to talk about and you just start talking. That's one thing. The second thing is just relaxing. Um, if, if you just got too much energy going into it and you're too nervous, that doesn't serve you well in, in any respect. So I think relaxing and just taking a deep breath and saying, okay let's just talk about something so that's sort of my frame of mind going into it i usually just chill out know my lines and go for it yeah we're watching some of it here <laughs> i remember that day i was exhausted
0: <laughs> what's uh what's your training been like over the last several years that has helped uh, kind of prepare you for this show i imagine imagine this show has some uh physical aspects to it correct
1: yeah so we do we do a good amount of action um we do have stunt doubles, but a lot of the stuff without the helmet is us. So I had a martial arts background going into this. Um, I did seven years of martial arts when I was a kid. So that was mainly karate. And then from that, I moved into, it was mostly arm wrestling, to be honest. Mm. I trained almost specifically for arm wrestling. Powerlifting was like a supplement to that. And then I got more into like track and field. Um, and from there, I've gotten more into like bodybuilding, weight training, right. and stuff like that. So it's, it's just a mix of a lot of different things, but physical activity has kind of been a constant for me since I was about five.
0: How do we get you on Cobra Kai? Have you seen Cobra Kai? Dude.
1: So Cobra Kai, <laughs> man. That would be that, sick. Yeah. I, that was, that right. was something I was looking at.
0: Um, yeah. They got another, they got another season going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that was something. Um, I had gone in for that, and it was going really well, and uh, just didn't make that final round. So, oh man, um, I shudder every time I hear it. It's okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Will, can you pull your microphone a little bit closer to you? When like, yeah. just kink it around, so there push you. push it Ooh. towards Mike or towards Mark. Okay, right, and then yeah, there you go. There, then, go. Cool. there you go. Yeah, you're in there. Yeah, there you go. How old were you during this last uh this arm wrestling? tournament or whatever this is
1: oh man uh (laughs) i must have been about 18 probably about 18 there yeah yeah those those were good times you can see my body hasn't changed at all (laughs) um still
2: got them shoulders
1: yeah no that was fun (laughs) arm wrestling's a really fun sport like it's it's so underground and most people don't know about it but they have you know you know about john berzink and Devin larry absolutely yeah Travis Bagent and all those guys, yeah. so they're like the heroes of the sport. Yeah. Um savages. Yeah, it's the crazy. Documentary
0: on John Brzync pulling John. Yeah, that's that's a really really cool documentary. Yeah. For anybody that hasn't seen uh, any sort of arm wrestling, you should watch that. I mean, it, it yeah, it's intense. And then he yeah. kicks the crap out of everybody, and he's not that heavy. No, he
1: he pretty much weighed in about two hundred pounds his whole yeah. career, so he was always a middleweight guy. And I think it was from about nineteen eighty four to. The early 2000s, he was nearly undefeated. Lost maybe a couple matches, you know, if he was fatigued. Um, And he basically traveled the globe looking for, you know, all these Russian monsters and whoever he could find in any country. Beat everybody as a middleweight. um, And, you know, now he's known as the greatest of all time uh, as far as arm wrestling goes. He just
0: crushes everybody.
1: Yeah, the guy's pretty crazy.
0: What's up with your diet? Um, You stay lean, you stay in shape, and you, you do a ketogenic style diet?
1: Yeah. So, you know, coming off of a vegan diet, I pretty much went 180 with Why'd keto you come and... off
0: the vegan diet?
1: Oh, man, <laughs> that was four years of hell. Um, <laughs> so the vegan diet I was basically doing, like, by the book. It was whole foods, plant-based, high-fiber, beans, legumes, tons of vegetables, starchy carbs, uh, oatmeal, fruits. And the issue with that was, flagging energy levels you know had really bad energy i'm sure my vitamin b levels were pretty low i was supplementing the heck out of the thing so i was supplementing as much as i could but i had no energy i was losing muscle mass i didn't like my body composition fat was a bit too high and muscle mass was a bit too low um so i wasn't digging that at all and mental clarity which is another Mm. really important thing you got into a lot of this
0: early on i mean the arm wrestling thing you're 18 what what age were you at when you started like dieting and stuff
1: mm, i started arm wrestling at 13 and i think i started dieting um probably at about 15 i started playing around with different diets
0: mm. so did you have any like body image issues did you think you were skinny fat or think you were too skinny you wanted to be bigger or was there anything there or you just wanted to like you just wanted to perform better or lift better or look better
1: it's it's funny because i don't think about the stuff much but looking at it now probably Mm. Um I was an extremely skinny kid, so very very skinny kid. Um I mean I'm still skinny, but uh more of a, you know, fit physique now, but so I could have had issues with that. The main thing that got me into <coughs> diet was actually skin. So I had terrible skin, probably the worst acne of anybody I ever met. Mm. Um and that was what got me on a vegan diet. So I started doing that and did that all throughout college. And it got better, but there, there eventually came a point where I don't think I was getting enough yeah. out of it.
0: I see people sometimes, like I, I love going to coffee shops. Mm-hmm. I'll see people with just crazy amounts of acne and they're just chomping down on some like croissant <laughs> or donut. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, like, you know, like whether the donut actually causes that uh, is highly debatable, but it's certainly not helping.
1: No, of course not. <laughs> you know not. what I mean?
0: Of course mean? not. Yeah. Uh, just cause it has an inflammatory response in your body and. I've seen uh, Dr. Baker, you know, talk about the carnivore diet. And he's got before and after pictures of a lot of different people that are like, you know, here's, here's my acne before and here's my acne after. And it's yeah. like, not all the time is it gone, but it's a huge improvement. Yeah. You were able to improve it through uh, some, somewhat through the vegan diet and then, mm-hmm. and then it, somewhat through what you're doing now.
1: It pretty much improved completely through a vegan diet. And then when I switched to keto, um, keto worked really well as well. So, I mean... I haven't really had to deal with that since I was maybe 17, so it's not really been a problem. But when I switched to keto, it was like night and day. So I pretty much for four years on that vegan diet, I had no satiety. It was like any meal I ate, no matter how much I ate, stomach, you know, bloating, I wasn't full at all. Yeah. Um, two hours later, I was ravenously hungry, hangry, you know, like angsty, like needed food immediately. Mm-hmm. So... That wasn't working for me, especially on set. So after the first season of Power Rangers, I was still vegan then. And I finally decided, okay, like this isn't working. We had a three-week hiatus in between seasons. So I went home, went back to the computer, started researching a bunch, all over YouTube reading articles. And then I decided to try a protocol where it was fasting throughout the day. I was still doing like my general, you know, compound lifts, some cardio. And then at night, I would just have a bunch of vegetables and meat and, you know, added fats. Dropped a bunch of weight. Um, it was mostly water weight, I'm pretty sure, at the beginning, you know. Um, so, dropped a bunch of water weight and then really started leaning out. And my satiety was better, my energy was better, and I felt better overall. So, that's when I realized I was onto something there, and I've been kind of playing with it ever since.
2: And it made you, made you feel better pretty much immediately?
0: So much better.
1: Yeah. yeah was night and day.
2: Did you have like a older sibling or maybe like an uncle, parent, somebody that would kind of motivate you or that you've seen them and that's kind of pushed you towards like, okay, maybe I do want to mess with my diet or mess with fitness or anything like that?
1: Hmm. Um. So in terms of fitness influences, nobody really in my family, but a lot of it was so growing up watching pro wrestling, nice. idolized a lot of their physiques. And then when I got into the whole pumping iron and stuff like that, so I was 13 when I watched pumping iron. Um, got my first Gold's Gym membership, and the craziest thing was um, Ed Corney was training there. So he was training at the Gold's Gym in Modesto, and I was watching Pumping sure. Iron probably like every day at that point. I think you know? Ed
0: Corney is still in this area. I think.
1: I, hmm. Yeah, he he's up north.
0: I'm pretty yeah. sure.
1: Um, so yeah, I I was watching that thing like every day. Ed Corney
0: hits that weird pose where he like throws his arm up and like flexes his serratus, and I was yeah. like, that's what I call posing. He's all excited <laughs> about know, it. But yeah, remember yeah. that line. Yeah, I in remember, South Africa, that was, a, that was a an amazing movie. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love that movie so much. There's so many, so many great lines in there. And mm-hmm. then like the uh, that uh, that scene where they're having dinner together, and Arnold's just totally ripping Louie apart. I don't know if you remember. You remember that? Was scene? was
1: this that breakfast before the yeah, uh, yeah, breakfast. competition? Yeah, yeah, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, so Lou or uh, Arnold, yeah. There's he looks amazing. Yeah. Um, there's Ed Corney. <clears throat> Arnold is uh talking to to Lou Ferrigno, and he mm-hmm. or he's talking to Lou Ferrigno's dad which is great cuz Lou is sitting right there too
2: and he like doesn't even acknowledge him. He doesn't acknowledge <laughs> that's him. So
0: good. And he's like, yeah, you know, a couple of weeks from now would be perfect for him.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, he'd have everything <laughs> just, dialed in.
0: Yeah, just killing him and like the, here he is working it working so hard and he he just knows Arnold knows that even just putting that out there in the universe is damaging, you know. He knows yes. that that's going to uh impact the bo- impact his dad and him yeah he knows yeah. it's going to be positive for for him and it's just like man that's just uh <coughs> but, so
2: savage but then so he goes yeah in a couple of weeks it'd be perfect for him yeah but what but the heck a, but in a couple of weeks i'd just be better yeah <laughs> yeah what the hell i get bigger too he says yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell let's get over with it yeah
0: <laughs>
1: no he was a master of mental warfare that guy that guy definitely knew about that
0: so you're a big wrestling fan
1: Huge wrestling fan. You ever yeah. think
0: about getting into wrestling, jumping off the top rope?
1: Uh, who would I be? Like Ray Mysterio's competition, or I guess so. Get a yeah, cruiserweight you to, <laughs> Yeah,
0: you would have to. Well, it wouldn't be too much different than what you do now. You'd wear a mask. Yeah, right? yeah. and you'd fly around, right?
1: How tall is Shawn Michaels? He's
0: oh, uh, Shawn Michaels is probably like 6'1". <laughs> oh,
1: okay. He's actually he's bigger than he seems.
0: Yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot, a lot of the wrestlers are actually really tall. Yeah, you know. um, even somebody like uh, John Cena, who seems like n- like normal height, is like six two. You know, uh, Stone Cold yeah. is like six two or six three. Uh, even Vince McMahon is like six three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of these, and, and that, that's that's on the short side. You know, and then there's everybody mm. else that's like taller than that. Damn. The Rock six five.
2: Yeah, Triple H six four. Shawn Shawn Michaels six <laughs> one. Kurt Angle six Six flat. Yeah, yeah but yeah. probably because his neck's getting all jacked up. So he's getting shorter. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> lost a few inches. Yeah, getting shorter, shorter over the years. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, obviously I grew
0: up loving pro wrestling. Who are some of your favorites?
1: Um, so for me, it was a lot of the attitude era growing up. So it was. The, like the two generation guys, X coming in. Oh, and DX yeah. was huge. Yeah. That I love DX, and I was watching DX when it was Shawn Michaels was out for that few years where he was his trying to find his everything. smile again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and he was going through his back issues. So I was watching it when it was like um, Road Dogg, Billy Gunn, X-Pac, um, China. So I was watching that a lot. You know, Road Undertaker uh, obviously.
0: Road Dog hooks us, hooks us up with uh, tickets. When WWE comes into town, when they come into Sacramento, I, I get a text from him and he'll say, hey man, any you guys need some tickets for the show? Because yeah. <laughs> he's like an agent for them now. He helps yeah. uh, kind of more behind the scenes. And these guys, you know, sometimes they have a, uh, very, lof- a very rough uh, lifestyle, you know. It's the, tough. The amount of travel that they have and they end up kind of living like a rock star uh, lifestyle. A lot of it's, you know, their own doing, but it's a very painful sport and they end yeah. up with uh, painkillers and all kinds of different things and uh road dog was one of them but he's you know he does a lot better now
1: yeah one of my guys was hulk hogan and when he came back i think in the early 2000s he came back and did the whole mr america thing and then went into um the nwo yeah nwo so So i watched a bit of wcw when i was a kid um love the nwo scott hall kevin nash all hmm. those guys
0: yeah the nwo stuff was a big deal and that's when like uh that's when wrestling really took off because uh, the WCW was growing. And so was the WWE at the same time. And the Monday and then, Night Wars. Yeah, the Monday, Monday Night Wars. And it was yeah. like they were vying for position on who's going to watch what. And then also there was another TV show on at the same time called Monday Night Football. And it was like mm-hmm. Monday yep. Night Football would lose to either the WWE yeah. or the, or the uh, WCW like almost every week. So which what is was crazy. The,
1: the competitor to that was the XFL.
0: Oh yeah, was yeah. that it? Yeah, mm-hmm. when he brought out, yeah, Vince McMahon started the uh, the XFL was There's was a, Rick a pretty Rude, big deal.
1: Ravishing Rick Rude.
0: <laughs> who's been somebody uh, in the acting world who's been uh, someone who's been uh, influential?
1: Two guys. So there was one guy, uh, Theo James, who he's kind of like the star of Divergent, Insurgent, mm-hmm. Detergent. I think he's got some more movies coming out. But I was watching his career trajectory, and it was over five years he booked that lead role in Divergent. Um, and I, I was looking at that. He was coming up from short films and then he was doing some supporting roles and suddenly he got that. And I thought, you know, a lot of people at the time were telling me, oh, you kind of look like Theo James. And I, I looked this guy up and I thought, he got a philosophy degree and then he decided to go into this. Hmm. And I, I kind of connected with that. I thought, okay, I kind of look like this guy. I haven't done anything related to acting, but, you know, he started after college. So I took him as inspiration to go for it. But in terms of acting styles, um, I still haven't done the kind of style that I want to do, but the guy I always like is Marlon Brando. Mm. I, I thought that guy just had a lot of swagger for his time, you know. Um, it was completely just like a he, he really took a different spin on things back then. You know, you you came in with a lot of the Clark Gables and the very yeah. um <clears throat> cookie cutter, good looking, you know, leading men. And then you had this guy that just was kind of a slacker and didn't seem to care. And, yeah. Um, and it worked out pretty well for him, but liked his movie. I'm
0: watching uh, Goliath right now, and I'm mm. just always so surprised that, uh, I mean, not surprised, it, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise, but <clears throat> um, Billy Bob Thornton is mm. amazing. And it's just, like, so casual. Like, I, I yeah. guess that's, like, the art of acting in some way. Like, if you said, hey, Mark, come in here pissed off and, like, ask me to leave or something, it's like, that's really not that hard to do, mm-hmm. you know? Um but if you said, hey, come in here and you're going to ask me a couple questions about, you know, what I did the last few days. And it's very specific lines of what, you know, what you're going to read. Um, but there's not a lot of like emotion behind it. Yeah. That would be a lot harder. And, yeah. and, and, I, and you're going to say something that maybe disappoints me. And then I got to kind of like walk off. It'd be like, that would be hard. Like I've never done that before. So I'd be like, oh, what the fuck do, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. But it's really cool that these guys can take these words that are written out. You know, by somebody else almost all the time, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and interpret them their their own way and put their own spin on it, put their own exclamation points, commas, and things like that uh, into the dialogue, yeah. and really like kind of breathe life into it. It's really they an amazing. Bring, yeah.
3: They absolutely it's a really incredible
0: thing. You watch someone like um like Morgan Freeman,
3: yeah, he's like good. somebody
0: who's like intentionally never the star. It's like mm-hmm. well, he has to do certain things so that he's not the star. Like he has to still do really well. He still has to yeah. do what he's called upon to do. But also he has to like be less than spectacular because yeah. he's not the lead role. And there's like there's certain kind of context that, that go within that. And you watch it and you're just like, I do not understand how the fuck they're able to do it. It's really amazing. It's yeah. really cool to watch. Yeah, the
1: hardest thing is to sit there and like <laughs> just to think, you know, to do nothing. Cause a lot of the time if, if you're reading a scene and, and you could tell that this is going to lead to anger, it's easy to play angry you know, and to, to, it's like putting a mask on and to to put the facial expressions on and to really put an act on, but that's not how anybody is in real life. You know, if, if you're pissed at somebody, you're probably not going to show them that, you know, (laughs) it's probably inside, but, but there's something subtle. There's an undercurrent to it that people can feel. Um, and to get that on screen when it's, it's fictional, you're reading dialogue, you, you know, you have things that you're supposed to say you're manipulating your own emotions. It's it's a really tricky thing. And I think some people can even be damaged by it, you know, when they when they go a bit too hard with that. Yeah. Um Daniel Day-Lewis retired. So, you know, um some people definitely go really really far with it, but
0: what about like Jim yeah. Carrey. Like Jim Carrey, like yeah. you know, I I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan and I I'm still a fan of like even just uh some of the motivational stuff and stuff that he shares. Like yeah. I I think it's cool when somebody, you know, has a uh uh I don't know when they're just seeking other things other than just, um, the regular things that we're all searching for as humans, which is like, mm-hmm. just like money and fame and like, I don't know, love and affection and these other things. Right. He's just like, he's, uh, on a different level, kind of seeking other things. Cause maybe he cracked at some point or whatever the case may yeah. be. But, uh, you know, he, he ended up kind of going through that through acting because he's been through so many different roles. And I think it was the, uh, the role where he played the wrestler um or played the uh not the wrestler the comedian was
1: it Andy Kaufman the Andy Kaufman yeah.
0: movie where he like literally like cracked because yeah uh he would go around acting as him even when they were off screen yeah and they were like we're not shooting mm-hmm. and he would do weird stuff and people were like well I guess this is the way he is
2: yeah. I still haven't seen that <clears throat> I gotta watch it yeah it's cool yeah. there's a
0: behind the scenes documentary on it too which is which is even <laughs> crazier but I would imagine that maybe that's how deep you got to go sometimes to to, you know yeah you yeah. got di- to <laughs> dive in otherwise it's not gonna maybe look as uh authentic as it should be
1: i think it depends on what you're going for too because i i couldn't imagine arnold or stallone ever doing that you know right um because they're trying to play something completely different so it does depend on the genre i
0: think yeah well they're also yeah, yeah they're i mean they're playing themselves i guess yeah. you know and, yeah. and even if they're playing a character it's just not the same as as uh I guess being another human being. I think what happened yeah. with Jim Carrey, though, I think there was just there was just too many weird connections to Andy Kaufman. But uh, hmm. I don't I remember the name of the documentary. But you, should, you guys should check it out because it's 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 cool. He he just yeah. he goes so deep that he just he can't get he can't get back, and it 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 kind of ruins his life in some weird
2: ways. You know? Yeah, because so I think like Jim Carrey was, or I think it was Jim Carrey talking about like when he just like walks up to somebody and says, "Oh hey, how you doing?" People just start laughing. It's like, well, I'm not trying to be funny, like, just because I'm Ace Ventura, like, you know, I'm not, you know, take me serious. So I think that's part of what kind of fucked him up. But what I was going to ask you, like, what gets the nerves going more, uh, public speaking or like acting, like in front of the camera, in front of a set and all that?
1: Acting is actually a lot more relaxed Mm because you know everybody on set, you know, so you know what's going to happen, you know what you're going to say. There's mm. some uncertainty around the moment, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're gonna bring it or not. But um you get to know everybody really well. Like, I mean, you're you're drinking with the guys on the cast and crew every Friday and you're hanging out. Nice. So it's it's pretty comfortable and it's like a closed set. Mm-hmm. Public speaking, man, that's exciting. That's that's really fun to do because you get you get a crowd out there, it's the same thing as theater, you know, where mm-hmm. you get the adrenaline pumping and if you can convey your message to them and if they can feel it. Um, that's a really cool live connection. I, I'm sure that's what wrestlers feel when they're, you know, out there doing a match. But it's just it's live and it's and you can feel that connection. So and when it's going well, there's nothing better than that.
0: Yeah, you know, it, everything that you do in life is is like a, a sale, like you're trying to convince people of something specific. You know, sometimes you're actually trying to sell something, uh yeah. but there's other times where it's more indirect than that and you're just trying to sell people on your idea or concept. Yeah. And uh for you, you might say You know, I started in this business young. I made a decision to uh, be an actor. I never looked back. I Mm -hmm. got to some of my goals. There's a lot more goals ahead of me. And I'm going to attack those goals with everything and everything, you know, everything and uh, everything I have. And, uh, you know, you're trying to portray a certain message and and you're trying to get people behind it because you want people to kind of understand. Okay, shit. You know, he he didn't really have special circumstances that made him better off than the next guy. To get started, he yeah. just started, and he just yeah. went after it.
1: That's the important thing for people to understand that I that I try to convey, especially when I go back to Modesto and I've like spoken at the schools there.
0: Modesto, good old Modesto,
1: <laughs> the 209, the home of the Diaz brothers. Oh yeah, no, they're Stockton. Stockton. They're oh Stockton. yeah, Stockton. Yeah, they're yeah. close.
0: So Modesto doesn't even have that. <laughs> no, we, we don't even have. We just have George Lucas and you.
1: We have George Lucas. We have mm. me. We have Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner That's is great. A big deal. Um,
2: you that's can kind of <laughs> claim Kaepernick, isn't he from like somewhere out there? Colin Kaepernick, yeah. oh yeah,
1: he went to uh, Pittman High School or something like that. He, somewhere he, down. He's there. he's in the area. Yeah.
2: George
0: Lucas, I think he just stop right there, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's enough. <laughs> Star <laughs> yeah. Wars. Yeah, enough. Yeah. You can't get a
1: whole lot bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but going back to that point of there's there's something that everyone can do. So I think most people, you know, they're limited by their Man, I feel like I'm starting to quote things now. But they're they're limited by their perceptions of themselves, you know, and, and they tell themselves these stories that they can't do things. Um, and it's really about breaking that mental barrier and doing things, you know. I think the belief precedes action a lot of the time. If you believe you could do something, you're more likely to do it. So that's something that I I try to work on my mind with that kind of stuff. Yeah, a
0: I, I agree 100%. And it can sound cliche. You're like, why oh, do the yeah. same oh, people yeah. keep talking about it? Well the reason why people are talking about it, especially now, uh, the reason why people are talking about it so much is because you now have the power. You're not Mm -hmm. like under the thumb of corporate America. You don't have to work for IBM. You don't have to work for Apple. Yeah. And if you choose to do those things and you want to be an engineer or something, I mean, those things are totally fine. And maybe those uh, businesses will allow you to do a lot of the things that you want to do and express yourself the way you want to express yourself. But for people that are like, man, I don't, i'm not sure I i don't know what i want to do like all Mm. i know how to do is draw and like i can play some music but i kind of suck at it and like i don't know yeah that's who we're talking to a lot of times we're talking to those people or somebody who's found a discipline with uh you know they they like to run every day but they can't figure out other stuff in their life and they're depressed and they can't just figure out how do i make money how do i get a job how do i uh how do i feel more fulfilled those are the kind of people that we're chatting with. And there's a lot of people that are like that. A lot of people that are, um, <clears throat> you know, graduated high school or maybe even graduated college. And they're in an age range between like 18 to 32 or so. Mm-hmm. And they're just in limbo. They're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand what I'm going to do. I don't know how to be Mark Bell. Or I don't know how to be this guy or that guy. And what we're trying to explain and what I'm always trying to explain here on the podcast is. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay you don't know where you're going. I never did either. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't show up on the fucking map. I didn't, the United States government didn't know I existed. I didn't show up in any sort of, uh, on any sort of, uh, IRS taxes thing or I, there, there's nothing. I, you know, there's not, not really much of a trace of me Mm -hmm. before the age of like 30 or 31 or so. So if you don't know where you're going and you're not sure what you're doing, it just fucking relax, take a deep breath start to think about some of the things that you can do and they yeah. don't have to be great. You only have to be good. You can turn things into greatness. Mm-hmm. If other actors saw you act right now, I'm sure a lot of people would have been in agreement. Yeah. He's really good. But what about five years from now? Yeah. Five years from now, they're going to go, Holy shit. Like yeah. this is the guy that we want, right? The longer you're doing it and the more practice you have, the more experience you have, now, all of a sudden the same person who they just thought was good is now exceptional and nothing, nothing's changed. Yeah. Just some time went by. You worked a little harder. Maybe even you lost a job or two, or you, you, yeah. you know, you missed out on Cobra Kai, you miss out on this, yeah. you miss out on that. And you it's what you do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do in those situations? tuck tail and run and say, okay, man, I got to go back to collecting stamps and watching pro wrestling or whatever, <laughs> whatever the hell it it's is. not you a like... bad
1: choice either. Yeah. Whatever the <laughs> hell it is that you like
0: to do, or do I, uh, buckle down, yeah. you know, do I double down, triple down? Do I work on this craft harder and maybe your style of acting in some cases, somebody's so different that it takes a long time for that to even shine through. Yeah. I always like to use the example of uh, the lead singer from like ACDC. dc mm-hmm. Does he have a classically great singing voice? Oh yeah, no, probably not, right? Yeah. He sounds like a <laughs> uh, a cat that's like getting strangled or something, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's fucking AC/DC. It's like one of the greatest bands of all time, right? And it, it's uh, again, it's not not about coming from anything special or anything in particular. Uh, it's about making a decision, and then just going and and not uh not having too many reservations about you know uh what what it is you're doing and looking at things as they're not um don't look at things as, as obstacles look mm-hmm. at them as hurdles and over time you can learn how to jump over those hurdles you could build up more stamina to jump over more hurdles in less time and you can progressively
3: yeah keep
0: moving faster and you keep moving past stuff and yeah, you're going to trip over some hurdles. You're going to have some that you can't get over. You're going to mm-hmm. run right into a wall every once in a while. And you're going to fall back down. And you got to figure out how to get yeah. back up. And you look up and, like, maybe you can't climb it. And so you fucking run around it. Like, you just fig- you just continue to figure out, how do I just keep moving forward? Yeah. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that.
1: There was, there was a, a philosopher that said it's not about how many times you get hit. Or no, what is it? I'm trying to quote that Stallone line now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, but yeah, how many not, times you can not. get hit and keep moving forward. It's yeah. not how many times um, you
2: get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's that same thing that you got to keep moving forward. And that's the main thing. But also to know that the person that seems to have it all figured out probably didn't have it all figured out, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago.
0: All right. And they probably don't now. Yeah, yeah. You know, probably just a, just an appearance, you know, like uh, uh, like you don't think the rock has bad days.
1: Exactly. The Somebody rock, like that.
0: The rock's got bad days. I'm sure he comes home from certain things and probably just sits there and fucking cries. Just like mm-hmm. anybody else. Like you put in a lot of hard work or something really shitty happens. You, your grandma dies or something happens. Sometimes it's even just working so fucking hard. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll break you down. You're like, fuck, man, that was emotional.
3: Yeah.
0: I've done I've lifted weights in here before where I just walk outside and just fucking cry. It's not because it's like a huge accomplishment. It's like cause I got so uh like mentally prepped and mentally ready for it that it was like uh overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to fucking do with it. So I'm like, I, all right, well I'm not gonna cry in front of everybody. I better I better get out of here, you know? Yeah. And uh we I we saw I saw Marcus do it a couple of weeks ago. He didn't it wasn't like he's out there bawling, you know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't out there not out there crying a ton, but he squatted seven oh five for a double in a pair of knee sleeves and there's there's a big story that goes on with with everybody in here um there's a big story that goes on in everybody's life that's ever reached anything Mm -hmm. and as you keep moving forward and as you keep getting to different spots it can sometimes be overwhelming you feel like you can't breathe you're like oh my god like what's going on now what is this and it can uh it can kind of scare you but again you know back to that point again it's like there's uh I get a lot of people that ask me, you know, how do you get started? And it's like a dangerous question because, uh, you know, getting started is, is the easy part, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, like you're in the middle of stuff now, 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 okay, great. Now you're just thrown in a fucking giant pool of thousands of actors that are hungry, Mm -hmm. you know, and then how, and then how many of those actors are around your age, give or take, you know, give or take three years, how many of those actors have a similar look? You know, how many of those actors have a similar similar skill set? And now it's like, okay, well, there's still probably a good amount, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: However, well, now there's other traits that start to show up. Uh, what about being on time? What about yeah. being professional? What about your personality? Mm-hmm. Now, like, those are... Now it's like, okay, well, at least those things are, like, in my control.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah. you
0: can't control that you might look just like another guy or whatever, or you might have a similar style to somebody else. There's really not a ton you can do about it uh, other than maybe rely on experience and switch things up. But uh, the one thing you can control is you get to the set on time Mm -hmm. or, or even earlier than on time. And uh, you're the last one leaving and you're uh, making eye contact with everybody. You're communicating with people. Josh over here, who we recently just picked up, Every time the kid walks in the building, he comes over to me and shakes my hand, looks me mm-hmm. in the eye, and says, "Good morning Mr. Bell. how you doing yeah every time he leaves does the same thing. doesn't matter if I'm uh you know in the warehouse over here doesn't matter if I'm in the gym doesn't matter if I'm in the podcast room. He waits for an appropriate moment and then he and then he you know just it's those little things that you that you don't forget you know we had a guy that was working here a while back every morning when he came in, he hugged everybody, yeah. Every, every time that he left, he hugged everybody. And yeah, it's like, that's a little different, right? Not everyone's used to, you know, bro on bro hug every, every morning and every night or whatever, but it's those, those little tiny details Mm -hmm. that are the, that are the big difference. And it's not, you know, how you read your lines. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of people that are doing similar things, but it is about what's in my control and then what can I like maximizing what's in your control and you really can't think about what's outside of your control. It doesn't really matter. You know, if it's outside of your control, just let it go. Um that's that's something about like the audition process, you know, that a lot of actors it's gotta
0: be tough.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's what they
0: say. Cattle but, call. <laughs> well, you're yeah. all lined up.
1: It it can be tough because you see, you know, 50 other guys that look like you, um, the whole like pretty boy Latino category, and I'm like, damn it. Um <laughs> <laughs> But like, I thought I had just wrapped up in (laughs) Modesto. It was easy. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I just, I never worry about it because it's like, I know all the things I have going on. I know what I'm moving towards and I'm not competing with anybody else. I have my own goals. I have things that I have to do every single day. As soon as that audition's done, I'm not dwelling on it. I've got more things to do throughout the day. So like some actors are so associated with uh, the identity of being an actor. And they're so invested into this. And it, it's like there's an ego around it that they can't let go of it. So whenever they have anything that hits their ego about that, like they, they miss an audition, they lose out on an opportunity, you'll see. But their, their whole confidence, their, their outlook on life changes, you know, um, they're completely down. But it's like you got to get outside of just that. Like you're a human being. You're not an actor. You're a human mm. being. You know, you got all these different things going on. What impact are you trying to leave on this earth? Don't get so uptight about one audition, you know. And if you go in there with all that pressure too, you're going to screw it up.
0: That's the other thing. Well, also too, what if your acting leads to something else that's not acting? Exactly. You know, it, it's it's uh, highly possible. High. It's highly probable, actually, because you you want to be as open to as many different concepts as possible in order to really yeah. get ahead, right? because let's just say for example uh, my friend Mike Catherwood I've been on his podcast before he does one with Dr. Drew. Mm-hmm. He's on Entertainment tonight. Yeah. He's on there every night now. He's you know like one of the one of the main guys. It, it, opportunities like that I'm sure that Mike uh, I think Mike was uh was a comedian for a while. Um I'd imagine he's got like headshots and stuff. He probably had mm-hmm. dreams of being an actor and he probably has a, a laundry list of some, you know, acting uh, gigs that he's done over the years just just like a lot of other people in Los Angeles, right? But he was open to the fact that maybe his idea of like being on television could possibly look a little different. Yeah. And also too, if it's a dream, it doesn't mean that the dream's over. It just means that the dream uh may have gotten sidetracked a little bit, but it's actually is still picking up more momentum.
3: Yeah. Because
0: if you do if you do anything that's uh anything that's relatable, to your goal, which I'd, I'd say that that's 100% relatable to your goal being on TV almost every day. Um, it's still going to lead you to a lot of the things that you want to do. It just might take you longer. Uh, people might be like, yeah, remember that guy used to be on, like, Entertainment Tonight? Yeah. Like, Mario Lopez, his his uh, his thing was the opposite. He was an actor first, and then he ended up on Entertainment Tonight, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, you, I think people need to understand that, like, maybe as you start going towards your goal you may start to realize that that goal is going to be shaped and might look a little different than you originally thought.
1: Yeah, and, and you jump around a lot, but you're still moving forward is the main thing, you know, and it doesn't have to be a linear path. You can take a nonlinear path to get somewhere. Um, but that, that leads me to something that I'm kind of interested in is kind of your approach to goals. Like what, what areas do you have goals in and how do you tackle those every day? What's the actual practical day to day? What does that actually look like for you? Yeah,
0: you know, my, my goals are um you know, a lot of times they're a little bit more like checklists. Because okay. I think that checklists are a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a goal to, to like turn slingshot into a hundred million dollar a year company, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a big one and it's gonna take a long time.
1: And you and have I'm, that written down somewhere?
0: And I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got a book of a bunch of weird stuff has a bunch of weird goals and different things uh that i've that I wanted to accomplish I didn't use to write stuff down and it's because the goals used to be a lot more s- uh simple and yeah. um and I just didn't have as many and so yeah. they change you know well your goals become a millionaire and then okay well we we handled a lot of the, a lot of a lot of the goals I had before i we handled those you know mm-hmm. um and I say we is because like I've used this as a team, you know, this yeah. is not about me. Um, it used to be. And that's like the way it was specifically run that way for, for multiple reasons. Um, Cause I thought that that would be the, what would carry us forward the fastest. Uh, and it did. And now we're kind of shifting and kind of moving into some different directions. But
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, my goals are checklists. It's, it's um, it, it, because it helps build momentum. So yeah. what I mean by a checklist is, uh, it, and it's as simple as this. And it's, and it's as simple as like executing all the way through. Okay. Tomorrow morning, actually, hopefully not tomorrow morning, but, <laughs> uh, let's just say, for example, tomorrow morning, I'm waking up at three fifteen. 15.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I like mentally kind of prep myself for that. And yeah. I prep my, I prep my morning before I even go to bed yeah. so that I can get it done. Mm-hmm. And that might not seem like a goal because it's like a physical thing that has to get done and it's the next day.
3: Yeah. But
0: I found that when the goal is a checklist, it's so much more powerful and it builds a lot of momentum for me. So uh, I'll say, all right, wake up at 3.15 a.m. Before I go to bed, I'm like setting apart my, because uh, I'm on this bodybuilding diet right now and it's yeah. not as nutrient dense as some of the keto stuff I was doing. And so a lot of supplements, there's a lot of like pre- workout drinks and post-workout drinks and there's all this different stuff there's meal prep um there's a lot of vitamins and minerals and then there's all the steroids that go along with it right everybody (laughs) (laughs) and so setting
1: those aside yeah so i got everything (laughs) all i got everything (laughs) all set
0: up so it's all like ready to go yeah and then my my shorts my socks my shoes i'm Mm -hmm. trying to make sure and i've never done i didn't i didn't used to do stuff like this but uh, even before the bodybuilding stuff kind of came along i i would still uh prepare for the next day but it would probably be more um uh, it wouldn't be as physical it'd be more like mental
3: mm-hmm.
0: like so and so's coming in tomorrow i'll be fucking prepared that guy's coming in and uh oh shit you know we got a b and c going on also let's make sure we get that done but by having these checklists it builds a ton of momentum and before mm-hmm you know, before noon, you know, I, I've already gone to the gym and done cardio. I already came back and I ate the way I was supposed to eat, which is another check. Like there's these, uh, I call it points on the scoreboard. There's these points that you can add to the scoreboard at every little turn, every little thing that you do in the course of a day can be looked at as a goal. Yeah. And, and did you meet that goal? And, you know, on a scale of one to 10, did you follow through with it all the way? Did the alarm go off at 315 and you woke up at 345 or did it go off at 315 and you actually got your ass up and got the shit done that you needed to get done?
3: Mm.
0: Get the morning cardio done and it's, you know, 40 minutes on the treadmill or 40 minutes on the on the Stairmaster, you know, kicking the shit out of myself there. Yeah. Get home from that, recover from that. The next goal is to eat well. I get that accomplished and then head to the gym and train again and uh you know get get you know get a good training session in that's that's actually like a goal and that's actually takes mm-hmm. mental preparation what i'm eating when i'm at my house and i'm taking my supplements and i'm eating my egg whites and i'm eating my oats i'm thinking about the workout i'm thinking about how i'm going to get the best effect from it i'm thinking about who's going to be there there's a whole kind of mental game plan going yeah. into all that yeah when I drive here, I might listen to music or listen to a motivational speech of some sort and get hyped up, get excited. Might even walk around the building twice before I even walk inside just to kind of get my, my body, mind and spirit ready for the training session. So I'm prepared to take on what I need to do mm-hmm. once that's all done. And again, it's, uh, you know, hitting up another good meal and kind of relaxing a little bit and then, and then getting into the podcast. But you know, it's, it's before, like, I don't even know what time it is now, but it's, basically probably before like one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And already got a, an overwhelmingly uh, good amount of stuff done today Yeah, to where at like one or two every day, I can just be like, all right, cool. I, I, I hit everything I needed to hit. Now it's about family. Now it's about, you know, is, is there any, anything that needs to get done in here? Like today we're, we're talking about uh CT Fletcher. Mm -hmm. i ordered a bunch of ct fletcher shirts so we're going to shoot something for him because he's my boy and he had a heart transplant and uh he's just an awesome guy i really admire him a lot so we're doing something for him and we have just other things to do but uh i really think that it's important that people the goal the goal thing is is great um but uh a lot of people have goals and a lot of people have things that they talk about that they'll never really get around to and what i've Mm -hmm. learned what I've learned is to, is to try it, unless you're going to do something or unless it's like just an idea, don't really say it. Mm-hmm. Don't really yeah. talk about it. Don't get it going. You're, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Um, it's those bigger goals are okay to have, but you can also say to yourself, you know what? That's, that's like, that might happen in about 10 years Yeah. or five years. And that's okay. It might, it might that one might take some time and, even if it's uh that you want to be on you know in guardians of the galaxy seven or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever uh the goal might be uh for you coming up even if it did happen in 10 years it doesn't matter that it took 10 years it still happened yeah 10 years is actually really not that long in 10 years from now you'll be 33 so what
3: yeah (laughs) right you still (laughs) won't be old
0: 20 years from now you won't even be old like you you know you'll be as old as me basically Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't feel old. I feel fucking awesome. I feel like I can take on anything. So that's how that's I like great. to do it. I like to I like to turn everything into uh, more of a checklist and have it be more like stuff that you can actually do. Actionable, yeah. Yeah, the, rather than have it be um, stuff that's uh, more like far out. I mean, even for this mm-hmm. bodybuilding show, I'll probably weigh like 215 pounds or something. I'm not far away from that. am like 10 pounds away from that. So yeah. 10, 15 pounds away from that. So it, it's... You know, it's all stuff that's like very, very close. I think if the goals are too far, I've used this analogy a bunch of times is, you know, uh, back in the day when you're playing uh, Mario brothers Mm -hmm. and you go to jump for that flag at the end, it's like, you've got to be very careful on how you jump to that flag. Mm -hmm. You need to get yourself in a certain position so you can jump at the flag at the last moment to pick up the most amount of points to land on the flag as high as possible. Right
1: give yourself a good chance
0: if yeah give yourself the best opportunity you can to succeed if you jump too late then you don't get as many points right yeah and if you jump too early you don't get as many points so don't make that jump towards your goal don't make that leap towards your goal until the time is right and you'll know the time is right because it'll be right in front of you it'll be yeah it'll be very very close like i want to bench if you're talking about you want to bench 315 well that's cool, but you didn't bench 275 yet,
3: you know, yeah, yeah.
0: and there's a huge difference between 275 and three, right, so Mm -hmm. it's, uh, have those goals be things that are like, just, just kind of sitting in front of you a little bit easier, a little bit, uh, more obtainable.
3: Yeah,
1: so not, not too far off where it's unreachable. One other thing I wanted to ask you about, so you're going into this bodybuilding show, the diet's changed a bit. You're getting higher carbs, right? Fats probably cut down quite a bit. Protein's still high. What what exactly is that looking like for you? Because I know you just came out of, like, the weight loss was a lot of fasting, a lot of ketogenic dieting. Mm -hmm. um, And now you're transitioning back into adding carbs. How do you feel on that? Like, what have you been noticing? What's your overall experience with that?
0: Um, I feel really good, but I've been also, I've been feeling really good for, uh, you know, quite some time and and even you know i'll back that up and even go back to when i was fatter i i never really felt bad like especially during training sessions Mm i i felt amazing but the biggest difference has been more like in in day-to-day life yeah in day-to-day life i feel a lot better just walking around and being able to breathe a lot better but Mm -hmm. i think one thing that i didn't really recognize was uh how much the poor diet was affecting just just health, right? Yeah. So I think health people just immediately think like, oh, like diabetes or cancer or heart disease. Um well heart disease, diabetes and cancer all get chipped away uh a lot earlier than you might think. Yeah. And they get chipped away by uh the simplest thing that the, the body needs, which is sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I think that by by not eating healthy foods and being bigger and probably being on way too many anabolics uh I, I I caused some damage and I I wasn't able to wasn't able to sleep for a yeah. long time and so as soon as I started to bring my body weight down and I want to make that very clear because I don't think it's the diet so much I think it's about managing your body weight um, that makes
3: sense
0: yeah I think I was like you know I was three hundred thirty pounds at one point right so even just figuring out a way how do I get down to like two sixty right how do yeah. I how do I lose a significant amount of weight I'm too fat. This is not working. Um, it's compromising my health. Like my blood pressure was high and like things weren't like out of control. I did even get blood work done then. And it surprisingly, it wasn't as bad as you may think, but, um, it was really impacting my sleep and your sleep is a, a real critical thing, uh, towards just about everything. So losing, losing weight is a, is a key aspect of not, I shouldn't even say losing weight maintaining a healthy body weight for you is a a key element in your health
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and making sure that never gets too far out of hand you know somebody gains 10 pounds five pounds it's not a huge deal but if you gain five pounds uh every thanksgiving for the next couple years then you're going to run into some uh issues and so i didn't really recognize that that was uh slowly chipping away at uh, compromising my health and my performance um in the gym. And then the change has been, you know, the ketogenic diet, uh, especially the way I was doing it more towards the end, was a very strict ketogenic diet. Uh the book that I wrote, The War on Carbs, is a uh a very general ketogenic diet where it's yeah. like, Hey look man, dump the sugar, increase your fats, uh keep the carbs very, very low. And if I was to give you a number, you know, keep it under twenty a day or so.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, Throw in some vegetables and, and, and off you go kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, not a ton of recommendations on protein. I just didn't want to bog people down with too many, too much information. The ketogenic diet that I switched to more recently was like 80, 90% fat. It was like through the roof and I started to lose weight that way. And I do think that it's a way to kind of hack your system almost in some way. I know a lot of people say that and some people don't like it or whatever, but I do think that uh it literally is kind of a hack when you do it. Um it is a really weird way to eat, to eat that much fat. Uh but it did help me to lose weight, help me to lose body fat. And that was that with that was without doing any sort of uh uh cardio conditioning or anything like that. And um uh, and then I had, you know, Honey Rambod came on the podcast and He kind of called me out on the podcast. He's like, you're in great shape. You should do a bodybuilding show. And so Mm -hmm. here we are and the diet has changed, uh, drastically. I I was, uh, eating like probably almost 250 to 300 grams of fat a day. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's a lot of calories of fat and, uh, protein was probably at like 100, 150 grams, something like that, which Mm is, you know, pretty low, but pretty standard in, in accordance to a strict ketogenic diet. And then the carbs were non-existent. And that diet was feeling really good to me in a bunch of different ways. Um, but, you know, when Hanny came in and said that, I was like, well, shit, if you're going to help me, I'm not going to turn down world-class advice. Yeah, yeah. This guy's helped uh, coached Phil Heath and uh, Jay Cutler to, to, to some uh, Mr. Olympia titles. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to take that advice for sure. Yeah. And so the switch has been, okay, you know, pump the brakes here and chop out all your fat. Mm-hmm. Fat was brought down to about sixty-five grams. The protein is jacked up to three hundred and fifty grams, mm-hmm. and the uh uh the uh, carbohydrates are about one hundred and fifty. Yeah. And I've still been toggling that. I've still been learning that. I haven't even gotten it right quite yet, but mm-hmm. it's had a huge impact on me. I I feel like I'm getting in better shape, like almost every single day. I feel like I'm yeah. getting leaner. And last when was the last time you saw me?
1: About one or two months ago, probably.
0: Yeah, maybe about I'd say about 8 weeks ago sounds about accurate. Yeah. You know. And uh yeah, I'm in way better shape than last time you came, so.
1: You you filled out more, I think.
0: Yeah. So with
1: with that very very high fat diet, how was gym performance? Was that was that still going well or
0: So, I mean, there's some things that, that I probably haven't shared with people that much. Uh I've shared it with people in here in the gym. When you when you're trying, when your primary goal, we, we talked about this earlier. We talked about, you know, um, you know, fixating on, a, on a specific goal so you can knock it out. Right. Yeah. Cause if you're, if you're focused on too many things, you can't figure out how to get it done. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: My goal was to lose weight. Yeah. Period. And then everyone keeps asking about the gym performance and the strength in the gym. And uh, that wasn't my goal. You know, my primary mm-hmm. goal wasn't there. Now, having said all that because I was losing a lot of weight quickly, I was losing a lot of strength and there was weird, there's weird shit that goes along with that, that people should understand. First of all, with the ketogenic diet, you need to always know that it's really important to pay attention to your salt. And I I knew about the salt, but I didn't really know about how important it was to try to balance it out with your uh, potassium and to try to balance that with your calcium. And so, in talking to Stan Efferding and into researching it more and talking to Thomas Delore and, uh, you know, looking at it more, I was like, man, I don't eat any vegetables. And I know, you know, there's the carnivore diet and things like that. And I've, mm-hmm. if you're not full carnivore and you're not really paying attention exactly to, uh, adhering to that strictly, um, if you're even just a little bit off of it slightly, then your, your results will be different. You know, yeah, I guess I just say that like, uh, Dr. Baker will say, well, yeah, you don't need the potassium levels. You don't need the uh, vitamin C because you're not eating a lot of other crap that yeah. might require you to need higher levels and so on. But uh, anyway, in my case, um, I, I wasn't a uh, strict uh, carnivore and uh, I had to kind of look and search for other things to get potassium in. And mm-hmm. so I started getting them in through spinach, kale, avocado. Uh, I think avocado has uh, quite a bit more potassium than even a banana. You know, everybody always looks like a banana. Magnesium. And I started just to learn, like, about these nutrient-dense foods. And and I just didn't know a lot about that before. But um, so then even with the ketogenic diet, occasionally I'd mix in, like, a potato or something like that. Because a potato uh, is high in many different types of uh, vitamins and minerals and sweet potatoes and things like that. Yeah rice doesn't really have much of anything in it except for carbohydrates it doesn't make it bad it just doesn't have much in it um so you know switching over to that and and really dropping all that weight my performance in the gym suffered a lot it was it was hard to uh, hard to lift heavy but not only that every once in a while i feel like i was going to pass out
3: wow and
0: uh so that has changed i don't feel that anymore but i think I think what I was really dealing with is I think I was really having a hard time with the, my balance of water. And I think that my, mm. because of that, I think my blood pressure would be a little messed up. I think my blood pressure would actually be a little bit low. Okay. Um, I, I would lift and then, you know, put the weight down and just feel like I was going to fucking hit, hit the ground. Yeah. But I do think that these are all things that happen. When you lift really heavy, when you're bench pressing over 500 pounds, it, you start to accept certain things. You're like, yeah, my shoulder should fucking hurt right now. Yeah. A lot of weight. My knee should hurt. Right. So when I started to lose weight, I'm like, you know what? Some of this is just part of the game. And I would say, you know, it it can be part of the game. Like, yeah, you are going to feel weird if you're in a calorie deficit, if you're doing a lot of intermittent fasting, you are going to feel weird in the gym, but uh, don't ever give up on researching it and learning more. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's where some people can fail. And that's where some people can, uh, end up spinning out of the diet because then yeah. they're like they have a bad experience. You know, what if I did pass out in the gym and hit my head on another bar or something? You know, and yeah, it would really sidetrack you for a while yeah. and really make you really rethink what you're doing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And they call it quits. And then so now, in, like that,
0: yeah. And so now, implementing the carbohydrates, um I definitely, I definitely feel a lot better, uh and I'm able to get more out of training. But uh, 150 carbs is still a drop in the bucket you know, still not, it's not really that. Yeah. That's
1: not a high carb diet. No, it's
0: not, it's not an insane amount. So, you know, for now I feel good. Um, and even like some previous keto diets I've done before, I've had my carbs almost at the same range they are now. Mm -hmm. Um, just, uh, after doing a ketogenic diet for so long and, uh, building up more muscle mass, you can, you learn that you can have more carbs here and there and it doesn't really uh affect you all that negatively. 150 yeah. would be on the high end, but yeah. uh I would be anywhere between 50 and 100 probably. Yeah. You know, back back in the day so.
1: You're probably more insulin sensitive at a lower body weight too.
0: Yeah, and that's actually what they found. I I did a there's a guy here in Sacramento. Um he does our DEXA scans and he does uh some other work for us and stuff and he mm-hmm. hooked me up to a <clears throat> treadmill and he tested uh not my VO2 max, but he was t- a testing the uh, energy output and stuff like that yeah and uh he found like the longer duration and the higher intensity of the workout the more sugar i was burning and uh he was like man this is really crazy because you burn he says, first of all he's like you burn a crazy amount of calories yeah doing this kind of exercise which was just basically i was on a treadmill on a pretty good grade and he kept cranking up the speed but i, I never even got into like a run but uh it was still very difficult because the grade got to be like 20 something or yeah. whatever it was fucking hard <laughs> um but what he yeah what he found is like it just i was burning more and more sugar and he's like and i was like well what do you think i mean what do you think that's from he said well i think it's from two things one is he's like it could be just the way you are he's like your body might like to burn sugar i was like how weird i never even knew about that never thought about it um he goes but what i really think is going on is that you're more insulin sensitive Um, you know, from doing a ketogenic diet and your body's more accepting of carbohydrates
2: because I'm
0: leaner, it makes more sense. I have less fat in my body, got more muscle in my body and my, because of that, uh, the muscles want to run off of glycogen. Yeah. Muscles aren't really going to be all that excited about ketones probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course.
2: With anaerobic stuff right it's probably because all the years of being fat your body's been fighting sugar for so long Mm -hmm. it's like we still got to keep fighting it's gonna go back (laughs) (laughs) what's your training looking like right now will
1: right now what i've been doing um i'm just coming off of like doing more chest and back real bodybuilding type splits um Mm -hmm. but with all the traveling lately i leveled off of that and i've been doing a lot of distance running Mm-hmm. So just this morning, like hit five miles, um, and then I'm gonna start getting into calisthenics. So getting back into that, and I wanna work up to a couple goals in that. One is a one-arm pull-up, which I've been so close to that multiple times. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I drink too much water and it's gone. You know, I, <laughs> I don't take a dump and it's gone. So it's like, that would be really, really fun to get that solid. Yeah,
0: your, bo- your body weight would be a huge factor mm-hmm. in that, right? Yeah,
1: completely, like one or two pounds and you're thrown off, so uh calisthenics like literally a
0: one-arm pull-up or is it like one-handed with the other hand assisting or how do you do
1: like an actual like strict Hmm. hang wow yeah i would say
2: i don't think i know anybody that can do that no (laughs) there we go (laughs) smoking yeah yeah um are you still following a carnivore diet today so
1: i'm following probably a largely carnivorous carnivore diet Mm -hmm. um i mean today i'm completely fasted But the Mm. one thing that I've included lately is some low sugar fruit. So some avocados, um, grapefruit every now and then, uh, citrus, stuff like that. Mm. The main reason being there there are some studies that are starting to come back that are showing with people that are doing the, you know, like the muscle meat carnivore diet, where they're not doing organ meats, they're not doing bone broth, stuff like that. Um, They're seeing like folate deficiencies in some of them, and Mm. some things are kind of getting thrown off. They're not feeling that great. So... To me, it just makes sense. Um, I know that we're omnivorous. We can definitely handle carbohydrates. I'm very insulin sensitive, so I can handle them. Um, so for me, it's mostly, I'll, I'll be doing like beef, eggs, fish, some dairy, cottage cheese, stuff like that. Uh, bone broth, um, sometimes cod liver oil, and then I'll also include avocados, maybe some berries, um, stuff like that, doing about one or two meals a day. I like to train fasted, for me that's ideal but doesn't always happen so
0: yeah. have you seen uh anything from stan efforting have you seen the vertical diet
1: i've i've heard of it but i haven't seen too much about that now. i think
0: you'd be interested mm-hmm. he's got some really good information i mean all he's really doing is he's sharing uh, a lot of information that he finds uh from from a lot of other leading experts in the world it's also stuff that he's developed uh it's it's the interesting thing about it is it's not sexy you know there's not Mm -hmm. he's not trying to sell you on like this is going to do this for your brain or this is going to do this for this or that um and and much like a lot of other bodybuilding style diets uh stan is selling you on the worst thing ever to sell anybody on which is consistency yeah you know i heard a quote recently where uh somebody said you don't have to be uh spectacular to be loved right that's Mm -hmm. from it's from mr rogers (laughs) and it, it was just his point to kids like hey you know what like you know, you can draw a painting of a tree and it can, it can look like a frog and it's fine. Like you're still going to get a hug. Like you're still a cute, adorable kid. Right. But when you think about that, just in, in general terms, I think that's actually very true. And we don't Mm -hmm. always realize that you don't need to do anything spectacular. However, you need to be consistent. And when it comes to bodybuilding or it comes to not even bodybuilding, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to having a good physique and when it comes to being strong, there doesn't have to be a lot of spectacular things going on. Yeah. There just needs to be a lot of consistency. Yeah, absolutely. So if you start using intermittent fasting, you start using keto, as long as you're not doing keto for three days and then going off the wagon and then mm-hmm. doing keto for three days and then going, it's not going to work the way that, you, <laughs> the way that yeah. you want it to. It's not going to be optimal.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Consistency for sure. It's the hard part. That's spectacular to me. Consistency. How many people can say that they actually follow through? I
0: know it ends up, it ends up being like a uh, miraculous in some ways, like having, um, having Jay Cutler here. Yeah. And having him say, I ate seven meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I did cardio every day and I trained, you know, chest back, you know, he had to split and whatever. And I did it for 12 years. Yeah. And it's like, oh man that's the worst story ever <laughs> like there's no pills or there's no like like yeah you know what anything else anything else happen <laughs> in that time no nothing just lifting <laughs> just, just lifting. lifting and cardio and food over and over again four times a day 16 weeks it was actually uh funny you know when he was talking about you know the eating seven times a day i actually like looked it up and i found uh, some research, and there, there was, it, you know, you, there's different studies and there's all kinds of different things, but it shows the average American
3: mm-hmm.
0: eats how many times a day, do you think?
1: I feel like probably five, five or six with snacks yeah. and all that. Fifteen. Fifteen. So wow. we,
0: So we thought Jake Cutler was doing good, and then I heard about <laughs> that, and I was like, wow, well, that explains why everybody's so fucking fat. Yeah. Why well,
1: they're all so jacked.
0: But if you think about, like, the, and this is just, yeah. Right. this is uh, you know, obviously a lot different than the way Jay Cutler's eating, of right? Course. Like Jay Cutler's having, you know, chicken and rice and things yeah. like that and other people are you know, it's soda and just they're they're talking about consuming any calories throughout the day. Yeah. And I think people don't really realize that they're doing that. No. I no. think that's where something like fasting can really come in because it can it can teach you about real hunger. Yeah. It can teach you well maybe maybe that's overstated yeah. it could teach you about whether you're actually really hungry or not mm-hmm. you know real hunger is like a wholly different thing <laughs> yeah where you don't have food and there's no food in sight and you're not sure how you're getting and that's mm-hmm. like real hunger but uh to utilize some intermittent fasting i think would do everybody some good
1: i agree with that <laughs> have
0: you used intermittent fasting on like in conjunction with other diets or mainly just keto
1: i did intermittent fasting when i was vegan so that's hard because as soon as your liver glycogen goes down, you're not well adapted to burning fat. So it's just like pain; mm. it's pure pain, and you just want food. And then you end up going too hard and binging after that. So it's rough outside of a ketogenic diet. On a keto diet, it's honestly pretty easy for me to do one meal a day or two meals a day. Um, I don't really have trouble with that.
0: What uh, what happened? You know, when you at some point, you know, you you were excited about being an actor what did that look like you know in your household as a kid or what did that look like with your friends or other family members when you're like you know you're in modesto
3: mm-hmm.
0: you're like i'm I'm gonna be an actor mm-hmm. oh oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah sure sure you are sure you are will like yeah, you, <laughs> yeah 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 i bet you're gonna be an actor no 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 i'm i'm gonna be an actor like that's what i want to do mm-hmm. well you should probably pick something maybe you should work at the local bank or like grocery store yeah no 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 i'm gonna be a fucking actor <laughs> <laughs> what what did some of that look like
1: so I, I actually kind of did it the way you were talking about earlier where I didn't tell anybody I just started working towards it and I figured people would find out eventually um, it's like
0: Smokey he trains his biceps behind our back every day <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it, why they're so big look at those things
1: I Cute. goodness mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they grow two inches when he flexes them holy crap <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> years and years of concentration curls
1: exactly <laughs> No, I, I agreed with that a lot where it's just, don't talk about it too much. Just do it. You know, I, I think you spin your wheels too much when you talk about it. So I didn't really tell anybody. And by the time I told my family, um, they were actually very supportive. You know, that was the crazy thing because they, they know that I wasn't going to go towards it with a lazy mentality. They know I wasn't going to be, you know, uh, just, you know, wasting time with it. So they knew I was going to apply work ethic to it. So they supported me wholeheartedly and um i'm definitely grateful to them for that yeah
0: you have brothers and sisters
1: yeah i got a little brother who is uh 15 a little sister who's 13 and then older sister who is 25
0: your uh your parents ever come to you and like they're just like you're a lot different than than other kids i mean i have children and uh you know you're you're very young and seem like you're very focused at such a young age you Mm. know um even even just a to know your your uh, some of your goals and some of your desires as an adult mm-hmm. at a young age is is rare. Yeah, are they kind of like looking at your brother, maybe being like, the fuck's he gonna <laughs> Step do?" <game> up,
3: man. <laughs> yeah.
2: No,
1: it's it's a crazy thing, but my mom did an amazing job with our family. So she came from Guyana, which is like a country in South America, you know, described as a third world country, and she instilled in us. Um, just a strong mentality that lady's a tiger um (laughs) so she she always had us you know working hard from a young age and you're saying that she
0: used to beat you guys
1: (laughs) exactly as only a caribbean woman could do um everything the remote the shoe so no she was she definitely had us um working hard from a young age but one great thing she did for us was she talked us up a lot so she always told us anything we wanted to do she would say oh you could do better than that like you're you're gonna kill that um I used to. I thought Donald. Trump, I thought Donald Trump was the greatest when I was a kid. Um, loved him, and I was. I remember reading this book, and I was like, "Man, I love Donald Trump." And then I remember her telling me, "Like, yeah, you'll be greater than him. You could do that." <laughs> and I was like, "For a mother to tell a kid that, you know, um, it instills a great deal of confidence." And she had us. She would train us for spelling bees, and then we'd go win a spelling bee, and then we we thought we were smart, you know. So she did a lot to boost our confidence, um, and I think that's really crucial. I'm definitely planning to do that for my future kids because it's just, it's had a world of impact on me. It's what gave me the confidence to go into different fields where I pretty much don't even belong and then just go in and attack them and go for it and things work out, you know? Um,
0: that so can I, help you a lot with your communication just with other people.
3: Yes. You know, when absolutely. somebody
0: tells you, hey, man, I was thinking about, and this doesn't really do you any good to say, hey, well, why don't you think about something else? Yeah. It's just so much easier to say, hey, man, you know what? I think you should attack that with everything you got. I think you're going to do great doing that. Yeah. And then that person walks away like, really? Fuck, oh, okay. Yeah. I felt awesome. Oh, okay. I am going to do that. And if they believe it, there's a good chance they'll
1: do it, you yeah. know, if they apply right. themselves to it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah I what a about a
0: resistance other places? What about from friends? You're going to be an actor? You're going to be in theater? I didn't really care what they said, you know, because it's like they're,
1: they're not going to stop me from getting up at like four in the morning. They're not going to stop me from doing what I need to do throughout the day. So
0: fuck those guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it ran through my mind a few times, yeah. but no, I, I use that as motivation, you know, um, like it's OK to play angry, you know. So I, I would if, if people would say things like that to me, I would probably be more focused that day. I would be, you know, attack things a little bit harder. And then I would log it, and they're off the team. So, um, but they're no, marked. They're marked exactly. <laughs>
0: right. no, what so are I... some of the goals now that are kind of lofty that are out there that you might be uh, uh, almost embarrassed to share with us? Like, there's some really hot, really high ones. Like, you want to be like somebody else, or you have a desire to uh, land on this crazy TV show, or or you mm-hmm. want to direct your own thing, or anything like that. Yeah. A couple crazy ones. <laughs>
1: a lot of crazy ones. He's like, oh um,
0: shit, here we go. He whips out a big list.
1: Uh, there is a list. Uh, no. You
2: got to put I'll, it I'll out just, there in the I'll, universe. I'll just say
1: um, I, I definitely agree with the philosophy of going for it and doing it. So that's, that's my main thing going forward. But the areas that I really want to execute in are involved in fitness and nutrition for the majority of Americans, not for people that are uh, attempting to excel—you know, be number one in the sport. So I'm not really aiming for elite performance, but it's
0: help people be less fat.
1: Exactly. Get the <laughs> get the country as healthy as possible in the yeah. biggest way possible. Make a huge impact in action adventure films. Um, you know, so there are certain ways I've quantified that, or what I want that to look like. But that's the general gist of mm-hmm. it. And then some form of philanthropy and giving back, um, whether that's public service or whether that's as a private citizen working in philanthropy. But devoting a good portion of um the remainder of my life once I've kind of you know done a lot of the things that I wanted to do um towards inspiring people, giving back, um, sharing what knowledge I've acquired. So that's they, they
0: yeah. uh say that like I think uh it wasn't in all the States, but it was just an estimate. Like in 2030, there's, uh, in some of the States, there'll be over 70. If we continue on the rate that we're going, there'll be over 70 percentile of children that are obese. Hmm.
3: Fucking
0: crazy. Right? So I think that you're attacking something that that's, that's a good cause. And I think that more people, uh, need to be focused on that. It's, it's one of the most pressing issues of our yeah. time. And it, it, I know there's a lot of other things going on. There's a lot of other things to focus on. And there's, there's all kinds of things to focus on, right. That are really important uh, for, yeah. for us to get around to, but the health thing just, it always gets swept under the rug. And, uh, people are always talking about like healthcare and all these different things. It's like, man, if we just weren't so fat, yeah, we would we wouldn't have to worry about it as much. Like if we just could eat. A, and I think, you know, to have everybody be skinny, like obviously like that ain't gonna happen, right yeah. to have everyone look the same or be the same, that's not gonna happen. but to have people and make some small changes and to yeah. feel better um, to have people lose some weight and keep some of the weight off a lot of Americans have lost weight many, many times over again, uh only to gain it back and then some oftentimes yeah. and it's it's a really sad it's a sad place it's a sad thing that we have people that are. Uh, losing body parts because they can't stop eating yeah. you know they're, they're they end up with diabetes and they lose yep. their their foot or their leg um and it's just it's it's a really it's a really crazy thing and it's easy just to look at those people and man oh they're fat and lazy it's like no no it's it's maybe they have become that way but it's a lot more complicated of a story yeah Do you have any uh any ideas or any uh uh, plans in terms of like how we can you know get some momentum to try to fix like you went to the keto conference and yeah. stuff how do we get some momentum how do we gain you know gain america uh, to be fit
1: so the science is there and the strategies are there so what's missing is public education what's missing is nobody's taught about this stuff in schools you know and while we're having biology class it might be more beneficial for, you know, a lot of young people to learn about their actual health, you know, to learn about how to actually lose weight. Um, So all of the science is there, but the problem is marketing. Uh, So what I think personally, what that's going to take beyond just books, it's, it's podcasts, it's TV shows, it's getting it really out into the culture. That's a huge part. And then Speaking to kids, speaking to young people, because I think it's really going to come from young people. What you learn in school, you take with you throughout your whole life. You know, you don't forget that stuff. So I think that that's going to be crucial. And that's an area that I really want to execute on. Coming from Power Rangers, it gives me a nice platform where where kids will want to listen to what I have to say about that. So it's just a matter of putting the information in a digestible format. Um and then getting that out there, but it's going to be a lot of volume. It's going to take a lot of time and it's going to be just like Arnold did with the fitness crusade. You know, it's, it's going to be a year long, decade long, you know, kind of thing that has to happen. So, but it's doable. It's doable. Look at how many gyms there are out there. Look at how many people have gotten into weight training and bodybuilding and all those kind of things. Mainly because I think of his crusade and mainly because of him going around and like spreading the word on this kind of stuff. So, that tells us that it's possible now, there are more forms of communication, media, ways to reach out to people than ever before. Why not take advantage of it? All it takes is you know time and effort, and you know putting that in so
0: right and and there's some things that people can do that that don't always have to be so hard. no, you, know, no, you not at all. You've yeah. already mentioned it earlier on the podcast. It's like you you make things out to be a little bit more than they really are, yeah, and then you don't end up doing them, That's yeah because you're like scared or nervous. I mean, someone who's really heavy. Uh, Hey man, get, you got to get to the gym. You got to eat less. It's like, they, first of all, they don't want to go to the gym. They're too apprehensive. Uh, they're too shy. They feel too weird. They don't know where to start. Right. Um, but getting somebody to walk. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Like, you know, and also not even just telling someone to go on a walk, ask them to go on a walk with you. Yeah. Or if it's a, you know, if somebody's asking about it, I get this a lot. Like people ask me about family members, you know? I'm like, well, just ask the family member, like, if they want to go on a walk, they'll probably, they'll probably say yes. Yeah. Maybe they can only walk for five minutes. But it's five minutes more than they were doing before. There's, uh, I mean, all sorts of strategies you can implement to be an addition to people's lives rather than a subtraction. If you start with subtraction, you'll end up with a lot of resistance right away. So
3: mm-hmm. it's
0: like we can't just say, hey, we got to, you know, pull out all your carbs. Yeah, uh, yeah that 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 can be effective and good information to give people that they are eating too many carbohydrates but at the same time uh the story probably has to be told over a longer period of time yeah so that they can develop uh or so they can have the education use the education as a weapon to create the habits uh, that they mm-hmm. need in my daughter's school they learned a little bit about nutrition but uh you know most of the stuff she's learned she's learned from me and from my wife uh, at home and uh you know it was like maybe about three years ago. She's like sitting on our stool and she's, you know, eating something and she's like she's like, Dad, she's like you know, she's like, I'm gonna be she's like, I'm gonna be nine and, you know, I think I have too many chub rolls. Uh-huh. So it's like you know, I she's like I got like three when I'm sitting here. She's like, Look at these chub rolls she's <laughs> grabbing her stomach, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and um and I said, Well, you know, you're I said, I- I've talked to you a little bit before about, you know, food and stuff and um I said, I'll help you in any, in any way that you want. You know, if there's something, you know, you, you want to learn more, you want, you know, like, uh, Mm -hmm. I said, I I don't want to ever, uh, you know, make you feel a certain way about your body or whatever. So, you know, I think you're cute. I think you're adorable. Um, but I said, you know, there's a a lot of really easy things that we can do. And you're, you're, the good news is, uh, you're growing and you're getting taller all the time. And I said, so, it's not like you have to like, uh, reduce or, or get rid of, you know, all the foods that you like. I said, you just might need to, uh, cut back on a few of them, you know? And, and mm-hmm. so, uh, I told her, I said, Hey, let's, let's look online for a book that has nutrition, you know? Cause I didn't want it to come in just for me.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? And I said, there's, got, there's probably books on nutrition for kids, you know? And I always liked the book. It's just called Eat This, Not That. I don't know if you ever saw it mm-hmm. before, but it's really simple. Like they, like you go to Applebee's, right? And, it, mm-hmm. it, and, and, and in the book applebee's is in this book and you can it shows you i'm sure it's now it's an app right but probably uh in the book it will say you know this meal from applebee's has xxx calories xxx carbs, and all these things right yeah it will say try this instead of that yeah. you know, will have another recommendation you know try try the iced tea uh with the uh, twist of lemon and uh the um you know the the chicken sandwich or and and no fries or you know just stuff like that and so it, it gives you an option here's 1300 calories versus yeah uh, 700 calories and it's still the meal that probably tastes pretty good right and so we stumble upon that book and they make that book for kids and so we ordered it and it just gave us an opportunity to discuss that more mm-hmm. and i think what would have to happen in schools would be um you know, going and talking to kids would be great because you can get kids excited about fitness and about exercise and about movement. And maybe some kids will also be disappointed because maybe they can't do certain, maybe they have trouble doing pushups because they're heavier, uh, they're heavier mm-hmm. kids. And then maybe they go home and talk to mom and dad about it, but it would be really cool would be tr- to try to get those parents and get some of those people, get the teachers, get everybody involved. Yeah and communicate with everybody on how we're all going to attack this cuz you know if it's just the kids and maybe uh, yeah, the no message is effort. lost just cuz it's you know they're they're, they're maybe too young. Yeah. Um, but man, what a daunting task, right? Like
1: what a fun challenge. It, it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be good. It is a huge challenge ahead of us especially with that statistic you mentioned. Yeah. 70% and that does look like where it's headed. It's but um, it's doable.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really crazy, and it, you know, it's um, it's just there's so many snacks. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's God, all the snacks and, and the marketing. And... God damn, they taste good. Doritos, <laughs>
2: double stuffed Oreos, or one point six stuffed any, Oreos. Uh, you got any poop stories for us? You know, that that's Thank part you. of this
0: podcast, right? Yeah,
2: you've been traveling a lot, probably going on and off the diet, not necessarily. Yeah, what finding what about patterns. what about getting in your
0: costume and everything, and then like, Ooh,
1: yeah. I, oh, I got a story for you right now. Let's do it. I've never had to pee as bad as I do oh, right oh, now. Oh, go for
0: it. <laughs> go for it. We'll
2: we'll talk. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: And it's we'll, not a poop story, I promise. Watch how fast it's going
2: to be. Okay. You're on the clock. <laughs> right. I got him clocked in. Okay. Is this our first actor, Andrew? Um, we've had some wannabes, I think, before. I don't think we ever had... I can't think of anybody else. We have, I mean, we've had artists here and there, but none... I think this is going to lead to Tom Cruise next. What do you I think? Uh, are you down for Scientology? No. Okay. Well, that's gonna stop it right there. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna throw things yeah. off a little bit. Yeah. We'll just skip straight to the rock. Have you ever tried any acting?
0: You ever tried like what about like in school or anything? You ever try like a uh, play or anything like
2: that? No. And the funny thing is, like, I kind of always wanted to, but like, I just hated school. Like, I didn't want to do anything. Like, yeah. you know, like I would see like the uh, like drama nerds or whatever, and I'd be like, dude, that looks like fun, like, cause they're always having fun, and. But no, I never, like, I don't I wasn't outgoing or anything, especially during school. I would always
0: just look at that stuff and be like, that's stupid. It's because, you know, because I wanted to do it, too. Exactly. And I wanted to try it, but I was too scared. Yeah. So I was like, those guys are dumb.
2: Yeah. they <laughs> are lame. Look at those nerds having fun. Yeah. Look at those guys.
0: Yeah. Um, It's hard, you know, like doing pro wrestling and, and getting in front of a camera and talking yeah. and um you've seen with me like you know we we do the promos and stuff for the products and stuff uh, and uh you know i have no no trouble saying hey this is the x sleeve and and uh you know it has denim on the front and it's made this way and this is why it's the strongest and best knee sleeve in the world Mm -hmm. but if you give me a script it makes it more difficult yeah you hit all those points it's not like i can't do it it's just unfamiliar territory to me yeah there's so many different uh it
2: builds anxiety, and you kind of like, oh, okay, I don't want to fuck this up, and then the first thing you do is you fuck it up,
0: <laughs> well, and because like uh maybe you know maybe you wrote it right, and so maybe it's kind of like mm. a, a different style of wording than what I would use, right, and I just can't get that last sentence to go, and I gotta do it five, six, seven yeah. takes, and then it just feels like once you do a bad
2: take. It's just snowballs, yeah, yeah, then they're all bad takes, yeah i don't I don't know, like he was saying, like, oh, we're trying to remember two pages worth of dialogue, I'm just like dude i I can't even not even close, like I can't even remember like an Instagram post or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, so to have all that built up and then try to like portray something on screen, I don't know man, it seems really, really difficult, <laughs> but it does seem like Dude, fun. that was
0: a fast poop. You must have pooped in our sink.
1: I just committed a poop story. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I like that squatty.
0: Squatty potty.
3: What is that? Oh, it's
0: a so nice. blasted it out better. Like, so it puts your, you know, it's, it puts your legs up.
3: That's where the speed came from. It's like, yeah.
0: it's like putting your feet in the stirrups, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I still can't get into position, though. Like, it's hard. Yeah. You can <laughs> hurt your back on that thing, I think. <laughs> it's dangerous. You have yeah. to
1: do stretches just to be able to use just to, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it
2: rounds you over.
0: Yeah. Hey, what happens when you have a lot of bad takes when you're acting? Does that throw you off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, one thing you, I hate. Like, does it get you, like, frustrated? I mean, it must yes. get you, like, really, like, you start getting, like, right?
1: I, so I've, I've gotten this thing before where I like the way I'm doing something. Oh, and no. I'm like, let's go with that. And the director won't exactly tell you what he's going for. But he's like, can, can we just kind of try this? And you do it over and over and over again. And then you start to see the camera guys looking at you. And the lighting <laughs> guys are starting to shake their head. And you're like, oh, God. Um, that's frustrating, man. That's really frustrating. I've had that
0: happen before actually where the guy was like he clearly didn't like what I said. Yeah. But he wouldn't say that. And he was like, "Well, maybe you should try this."
3: Yeah.
0: And I and, but it was every time he said to try that, it was like a lot of words and a lot of like way that I would never do it. And he mm-hmm. but, but I was just supposed to be myself. It was for <laughs> it was for like a reality TV thing you know and i'm like well i don't talk that way yeah and so i i i'm like i could try it but i i think it's going to look stupid cuz you know mm-hmm. and so i did a couple takes that way and i was like i was like that's not i was like i don't think i think that's worse you know yeah but it was like just not matching up with what he thought versus what i thought but it's got to be really frustrating when you have specific lines yeah and there's like one word for some reason your body won't allow you to say it or you're supposed to say it in a certain way and you forget it
1: so just to even take specific lines and to try to make that natural and some you know, make it sound like you would say it, that can be tough when you're talking about like, let's open the Ninja Nexus prism and shoot the shooting star into the thing and you're like you're like, How would Will say this? you know, and I'm I'm working on it and then you go in there and you do it and then on top of that, the worst thing is if you're getting like a line reading. So this this kind of sucks, but pretty much if a director or a producer or something They're just not liking it, and they finally just come up to you, and they're like, look, do it like I'm doing it. And you're like, oh, God, so you're pretty much mimicking the guy. That sucks, but um, that's rare, though. For the most part, there's a lot of respect for the actors and for what they want to bring to it, and they have to trust their casting decisions as well. You know, we had multiple rounds of casting, multiple auditions, so if they didn't know us by then, then damn, you know. That's that's who they hired, so (laughs) you hired me to do the job, let me do the job, you know.
0: They're just like, cut. We're just going to move on to another scene. <laughs> and just like that whole section is
2: just cut out yeah. of the movie completely. We're just going to put
1: the director in the costume and let him do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh Sometimes when I'm looking at a photo or something like a big print or a magazine cover and I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, that's a shitty photo. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> do you ever, like, is it hard for you to watch TV or something and be like, what the, f-? like, how did they let this get through the editing table when you see, like, an actor doing something lame or something? Uh... You're just not a hater like me, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like I've, I've had a lot of trouble nowadays with suspending disbelief, you know? So mm-hmm. just watching movies without having like an anal- analytical eye towards it. Mm-hmm. Because now, whenever I'm watching these things, like we just watched, uh, what was it, Jurassic Park World?
2: Jurassic World, yeah. The,
1: the newest one. And when I'm watching that... Why'd
0: you guys do that to yourself?
1: <laughs> it, it wasn't bad. I don't think oh, it was a bad okay. movie. I like Chris Pratt. But when I was watching yeah, that... pretty good. All I'm watching is, like, all of these lines that they have to say, I know that everything was on a script in paper. Now, what did they do to bring it to life, you know? And they make it pretty seamless a lot of the time. Like, the little girl was great. Um, and that's a tough thing to do sometimes with kid actors, you know, to get them to just flow into it perfectly. So I, I do see see myself doing that a lot now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, just I'm being... analyzing everything. Yeah,
0: sometimes uh, some of those kind of movies could be, like, almost... Uh mechanical right and and a little bit mm. like um almost like a music video ish like it's like this yeah. montage yeah and then somebody's got their one liner right and yeah. then it's like you real like, predictable oh, it's like a little stick stiff, around
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like this is just a little yeah. a little too tight did you watch yeah. the uh the power rangers movie i did watch that yeah i i'm trying to watch it right now it's it's taken me all week uh <laughs>
1: I'll I'll end up in jail if I tell you my take on it.
2: So gotcha. Just, well, yeah. so I I so I haven't even gotten to the part where they actually morph into anything, so yeah. I'm still early. It's just time <laughs> time, and then I like, start falling asleep. So yeah, I haven't been able to watch it all the way through. But what I mean, is, yeah.
0: what are some of your favorites? Movies of yeah. all time. Oh, that's
1: fun. Um, man, so. I'm I'm definitely a junkie with the the old action adventure type things. So I, I just started getting into Van Damme stuff lately. Never oh. watched any of his movies. Bloodsport, yes. Bloodsport, Yeah, just started getting into him. Nice. Um, I love big epic. I should go back and watch stuff. some of those with Blood my son. Sport. My yeah. son
0: would like that. He'd like those. Oh, movies. that's
1: a coming of age thing. That's like a yeah. a rite. <laughs> right um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, What'd you so, say uh, beyond that? What was, what was um, the other movie said? I love stuff like troy kingdom of heaven um mm. any of those like big epic you know yeah those kind of movies so those are the roles that i'm i'm aiming for that stuff whatever path takes me you know yeah. to get there um but that's the kind of stuff so that i want to do what about braveheart oh braveheart yeah. perfect example right there
2: that's one of mark's favorites right there yeah yeah
1: yeah freedom man oh, yeah <laughs> I I love that movie, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I can't see myself, like, going method and playing a crackhead, like, Mm. going through a midlife crisis type thing. It's just, like, I have so much respect for people that approach acting as that sort of craft, the transformational art of acting. Yeah. Um, but the movies I watch are to entertain me, you mm-hmm. know. And there, there are different audiences. They're making those movies for a different audience. I want to make movies to entertain people. Mm, yeah. So it's it's kind of like what The Rock's doing now. It's kind of like what a lot of those big action stars did in the '80s, '90s, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you
0: have you have an agent, right? Yes. And then the agent uh, does the agent come to you with suggestions. Do you suggest stuff to the agent? Like how does some of it work? So there's a bit of both of
1: that. Most of the time, they'll be forwarding uh, different projects to you. Like you check out the script sides, whatever. If you want to do it, you go ahead, audition for that, move forward. Um, and another thing that I'll do is if I see a project on the horizon, I'll really push for them to market me for that. So, you know, if we can get in contact with that casting director, do we know anybody there? Can you pitch me to them and see if I could get a role on that? So it's a bit of both of those things. But... um, My current representation, I'm still pretty new with. So, new managers, new agents. Um, kind of got a a new team once I came back from Power Rangers because the team that got me to Power Rangers wasn't going to get me much further than that. Mm -hmm. Um, which isn't to knock them. It was it was just you know how the process works. So, I've had to kind of create a new team around me. Um, and I'm happy with them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Are you worried about like accepting like the role of the bad guy? Because We've been watching uh, 13 Reasons Why. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys watch it at all. But no. like the the main bad guy, apparently in real life, he's a super nice guy. But yeah. if he plays anything else, all I'm going to be like, dude, you've raped chicks. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like if, say, a money sign came with a certain role, like that'd probably be a pain in the ass to have to deal with, right?
1: There there are certain roles that I've just decided um, from the outset that I don't want to do. Cool. They're, they're just kind of, certain things that I'm not down to do because I always think like my little siblings are watching what I do. My extremely Catholic mother is watching what I do, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's not that I necessarily have all the same standards as them, mm-hmm. but I I want to maintain a certain standard for them. So it matters a lot to me, the kind of content I do. And I've turned down countless roles from my agents and managers. Um, and they get on me about it because there's a lot of money involved with these things. But I always remind myself, it's like, I was doing this when there was no money involved. You know, I was doing it for free. I was doing the short films and stuff. So, um, why make choices that I'm not happy with for money? You know, like it, it doesn't cost that much to eat and to rent a, a place when you're mm. a single guy and that kind of thing. Um, and by single guy, I mean a not currently married guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you're like, kind of,
0: yeah, yeah. You see that <laughs> as you're kind of climb, climbing this, uh, ladder, um, it, it's got to be a little hard like if uh you wanted to be on say like game of thrones mm-hmm. like uh if you were to say something uh that's maybe outside of your current i'll just say ranking for lack of a better term uh what would your agents say about that or would they just kind of go try and attack it anyway
1: if i were to pitch something to them that's like super
0: big yeah 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 if you're like hey i want to you know you or it's the, it's the or, rock kevin hart or and would me. they just tell you like <laughs> i mean I would they flat it. out tell you like hey that's not in our best interest it's like a kind of a waste of time for now like let's mm-hmm. focus on some of these other things because you're still climbing that ladder for the most part they would go for it because a
1: lot of the time with these roles like um cobra kai for example was going up for the lead part in that and it's like A lot of these roles they're looking for people that haven't been discovered yet you know they want to make the Mm. next star so going for those things they don't really have an issue with that if you fit the part and you know if if you're what they're looking for and they can put you in in addition to some big names that are going to draw money and things like that they're cool with that so Mm. obviously if you're about to star in a huge franchise like look at star wars for example um a lot of the people that are starring in that they're relative unknowns you yeah. know they weren't doing yeah, right. the, the biggest things before that same with game of thrones so there's a lot of room to just skyrocket overnight with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so they're not necessarily um they wouldn't necessarily count me out of that kind of stuff so i pitched that to them but uh it, it does have to be the right thing because if if they have too many sour experiences with casting directors. The casting directors won't listen to their recommendations anymore. If, mm. if every time they send me out for something, I suck, <laughs> um, you know, they're going to stop sending me out for stuff. So it's definitely like a mutual partnership. I want to do the best, um, you know, and they want to do the best for me. They make money when I make money. So,
3: yeah. How do
0: you deal with uh, rejection? That's got to be kind of a hard thing. I mean, you did kind of mention you just kind of move on, but uh, it's got to kind of it's got to hurt in some way. <laughs> There's got to be a lot of rejection in acting, yeah. I imagine, right? Like, oh, you know, you're not. Like, I I know that you're probably trying not to take it personal because they're looking for somebody specific, but uh, at the same time, like, I'd imagine it does get a little personal.
1: Are we talking before or after I cry?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, no, I I swear to God, with this, it's just like I I don't get my self worth anymore from what people tell me. You know, like, oh, you. If somebody, if if a casting director told me, listen. You suck as an actor. You need to find something else. Um I wouldn't really care because to me I under like I understand how this it's like you get under 135 when you're starting out and you mm-hmm. fail. Are you going to tell yourself like okay, well, yeah, I guess weight training's not for me. Um so I don't worry about that because I know that who I am today is not who I am in a year mm. or in 10 years or in 20 years. Um and and that sounds like it maybe sounds like cliché mm-hmm. uh motivational quotes and stuff like that. But it's the honest to god truth like you really can't let people decide your direction for
0: you or your self-worth. Um have you ever been real disappointed that you didn't get a particular role? Like you really I'll, like you really thought you were going to land one and it just you know didn't work out and you're kind of heartbroken? If
1: <laughs> the one that I've completely uh, I stacked all of my chips with this one was the Power Rangers one i I was never more laser focused on one role in my life than that one, um and I completely believed in so I actually I still have this picture on my phone, but i I took a picture of like the Red Power Ranger, put my name under it, starring William Schufeld, and that was a good four months before you know mm. the final casting decisions, cool. all that kind of stuff i I was completely emotionally invested in that, mentally invested. nobody could tell me anything about it um had that not worked out, I I would have been <laughs> extremely butthurt. Um, I would have been very disappointed. But that makes sense. Since then, um, I, I kind of take a lot of these things in stride, and you know, you you fail a workout, you fail a rep, whatever it is, you just kind of bounce back from that and figure out the game plan going forward and keep going. But it's not a personal thing though, you know, like the casting directors are, they're trying to make money, they're trying to do their job. The producers are trying to make money and mm. do their job. So if they tell you you suck for a role or you're not the right person for it, maybe they're right. You know, who cares? The, you know, they're, they're, it's a business. Right. And a lot of actors come from a very um, artistic or emotional kind of background. Maybe that's part of coming from economics where, like, I get what they're talking about. Like, it is a business. Maybe I wasn't right for this. You know, I'll, I'll work harder and I'll come back next time. So
0: that makes sense. Yeah. Um, where can people find you?
1: They can find me uh, on Instagram, for one. So that would be at William Schufelt, um, S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T. They can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Will Schufelt. And those are my two main platforms. I also recently released, um, it's sort of like my approach to training, cardio, fasting, and a more carnivorous ketogenic diet. So it's like the Carnivore Shredding Program. So that's on thecarnivoreshreddingprogram.com. Um, so they could check that out as well if they're into that approach. Um, that's that's pretty much
0: it. Anything else coming up?
1: Let's see. what am I up to right now? So, the thing I'm working on right now is a book project that would actually it's completely in line with the kind of thing we were talking about. So I really want to market the heck out of this thing once once we you know we have it out there published in the shelves. Um, but that would basically be the best biohacking tips, nutrition tips. It's kind of like an overall best practices that the average American can implement. It's very accessible. Mm. Um, that would create the most dramatic, uh, I guess, positive changes to their health. So, That's going to be
0: really cool. That's almost yeah. like, a, like, a, 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 like a Tim Ferriss style of book, but, yeah. it, but it's specifically for nutrition, diet. Yeah,
1: Exactly. So if you have like a Tools of Titans, that sort of book, it's essentially like choose which of these you want to do um and and we're going to rank you know what's the most effective what's going to create the biggest lifestyle change you always want to knock down that lead domino and you know get the rest of the things out of the way but it's going to combine you know a lot of the practices that people know about intermittent fasting um lower carbohydrate diets whole food diets um and then it's also going to go into cold exposure circadian rhythms, sleep um you know hormonal levels what you can do to you know kind of decrease your cortisol There's a
0: lot of things to talk about there's a lot of
1: things to talk about so it's going to try to just simplify simplify what's um best value on every single thing and then here's how you can do these things without having to go to um you know a lab or something like that
0: very cool well that's all the time we got strength is never weakness weakness never strength catch you guys later